amazed. His power is incredible. I must be careful not to drain his energy too fast or the machine will overload. This could take all night. Great, so this is how we die? Drained of energy by Mr. Pig Giggles over there? Look, I've apologized already for dragging us to Ethereum, okay? Something strange about these podcasts. They are not of this world. They have a strange power that I cannot control. I will have to consult my books. There is no hurry. By morning, I will have completely drained the Rebels' energy for my Magna Beam Transporter. <laughs> Let us go now, Weaver. Tomorrow, the dawning of the new day shall herald the final end of the Rebellion. <laughs> Don't worry, He-Man will save us. Not if he listens to the review of this movie, he won't. For the honor of Grayskull! Hello everybody and welcome to Late Seating. I am Jason Harding. And I'm Steve Shives. And on this show we take a classic film and we give it a fresh review to see if it lives up to its reputation. Whether that reputation is good or bad. And this time around it's Steve's birthday so we didn't do any of that shit. <laughs> Yeah. We took a movie that has a reputation, but it sure isn't a classic, is it? No, it's it's kind of not. It's I mean, I guess we, we could have done, you know, one of the many wonderful films that, that I enjoy that maybe don't quite meet the criteria of our show. But, you know, there's always next year, assuming that I'm still alive. Um, <laughs> Jesus. This year... <laughs> This year we did a movie that is is certainly a sentimental favorite of mine, but is not not exactly a good movie, but we'll get to that. Well, yeah, but we decided to do something that he would enjoy yeah. for his birthday, yeah. that he can then review and tell people why he likes yeah, it, right, I, Steve? Yeah, exactly. It's the perfect birthday present. Defend something you like. <laughs> and what is the movie <laughs> that made my eyes bleed? And second guess why I'm friends with this person? I mean, what movie are we doing, ah, Steve? It's uh, a little animated adventure film from... Yeah, it's very little animated. <laughs> it's very little animated. It's technically an animated movie <laughs> from 1985, produced by those wizards at Filmation. It's so little animated, I thought it was the sequel to Legit. <laughs> That's right, everybody. Go fucking look that up. It is the, it is the one-panel comic strip of animated films... He-Man and She-Ra, the secret There's of the sword. There's a French listener that just fucking threw yeah. his, his, Back his you. phone to the ground. <laughs> he did not just do that, no, did he? No, no, no. I'm sorry, I think I talked over your reveal. Sorry, yeah, well, it's in the title of the podcast people are listening to. Um, yeah, probably. He-Man he -Man and She-Ra. He just typing in, why did I do this? Yeah. Other movie podcasts people are searching for right at this very moment. Um, it's He-Man and She-Ra, The Secret of the Sword. Are you sure that's its full name? I think it's just called The Secret of the Sword. Um, I've found it like on several different names. Okay, then just The Secret of the Sword. Well, you're the one that owns a copy of it. The, I, be I, the I believe the on-screen title is first you see He-Man, then you see She-Ra, and then you see The Secret of the Sword. Although maybe it's like starring He-Man, you know, like how they say starring Bugs Bunny. Okay, but I know you own the Criterion Collection version of this. <laughs> what does it say on the box? It says He-Man and She-Ra, The Secret of the Sword. Okay, then that's the official 
title. He-Man and She-Ra, The Secret of the Sword. Yeah. Right? Yeah, totally. Why, why don't they just call it She-Ra the movie? Because that's what it was. Because they needed to con all of us He-Man fans into going to see it. Into watching a girl's movie. Thinking it was a He-Man movie. Exactly. <laughs> that's right. At the end it says, you're gay now. <laughs> <laughs> and since this was the 80s, that was a big deal. Oh yeah, it was. You're like, what did he do? Now I can't vote for Reagan. Actually, this movie came out when you were, what, four? I was almost five. Yeah, this was one of the first movies I ever actually saw in a theater. I drug my pregnant mother to take me to the theater to see this movie. <laughs> and after it was done, she... She contemplated something that she never thought she would ever contemplate <laughs> about whether or not she wants to have another one of these. Yep, there's a there was a certain clinic in Hagerstown that we rolled by real slow, and I said, "Mom, well, you ate your McDon- your birthday McDonald's." Yeah, <laughs> mommy, what do they do in there? Oh, something wonderful. <laughs> mommy, what's gay mean? Nothing. <laughs> I like being that. Why'd the movie say I was that? Shut, just shut up. I want to buy Shira action figures. Oh. Okay, we're spending too much time in your childhood. Yep. Let's get on with okay. it. Hey, Steve, yeah, boy. Oh, I've never wanted to ask you this question, but do you have any trivia for the making of this movie? Well, as will as will come as no surprise to anyone who has seen it, this, yes. mo- this movie was actually an edited version of the first five episodes of the She-Ra TV series. Shut the front door. I know. You can't even tell when you watch the movie. It's seamless. But... Yeah, except for the fade-outs for the commercial breaks. <laughs> right. Why do they keep fading out? And then fading back in on the same scene. That's weird. I think the director wants us to think we have glaucoma. Yeah. Or, I don't know. Missing time, maybe. I don't <laughs> When you fade down and fade up and the people are still standing in the same place, you're like, wait a minute. They didn't even edit out the commercial break fadings <laughs> or and and they had end credits five times i mean which was like every 20 minutes you have to see the end credits with this they didn't no even, we didn't did. that's you don't guys don't put that if you really want to watch it don't worry it's you not don't have to watch the actually yeah no actually it was i mean it is it's it's fairly straightforward just the first five episodes of shira but they did cut a few scenes out for the theatrical version um, the sex scene. Yeah, the sex scene. Between He-Man and She-Ra right. before they found out their brother and sister. Right, and then the one after. Uh, the one that shows Orko doing something because he's not in. I love the excuse they have in this movie. Where's Orko? Fuck him. We, fuck him. We don't care. Fuck him. <laughs> Orko's not here because we gave another character his exact voice for some reason, and we thought that would be confusing. No, that was Lou, the guy who makes these things. Yeah. Um, Lou, uh, Lou, Lou Scheimer does the voice of both of them because he's a cheap bastard. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, no, they'll, they'll, no one will be able to tell the difference between Orko and the other character. So <laughs> I'm paying three voice actors, two dudes and a chick, and that's it. I'll fill in for the rest. Did the same thing in Star Trek. Oh, yeah. Because he made Star Trek 2, and it was like, hey, excuse me, Mr. Doohan, how would you like to do every other voice? <laughs> exactly. Okay. Anyway, so is that all your trivia? Uh, pretty much, yeah. I mean, if 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 you watch this movie and you just can't get enough of it and you want to see even more, then you can watch the first, the equivalent first five episodes of She-Ra, the Princess of Power, and you'll see just a few tiny little additions that they cut out for the movie that really don't amount to much, but there you go. Hey, guys, if you want to see even more after seeing this movie, just check into an insane <laughs> asylum, would you? <laughs> Save yourself some time and your family a little heartache. Yeah, do the right thing. Do the do the thing that's best for the people around you. Are you going to work? No, Jira. (laughs) 
There's 93 episodes. I'm going to watch them all. There isn't. Oh, yeah. 93? Yeah, and there are like twice that many of He-Man. Mm. Oh, yeah. There's more episodes of these shows than there are Star Trek, yeah. the no, original wait, I, series? I think there's, there's, 100, there's 130 He-Man episodes because they did two orders. They, they, they made them in two 65-episode orders because it was mm-hmm. always conceived of as a daily show. So instead of a Saturday morning show where they would show one episode a week, they showed an episode every day. Yeah. So, yeah. so Filmation did 65 episodes like for the first run, and it was really super popular. So they did another 65. And then for She-Ra, they ended up doing, I think, 93 altogether. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. <clears throat> Anyways. Yeah. Let's let's tag let's let's see who made it. You ready? <laughs> sure. Who made it? It was directed by uh, Ed Friedman, Lou Kachivas, Marsh Lamore, Bill Reed, and Gwen Wetzler. <laughs> you can do this. You can do this. Do you know why there's five people? It's because it's five different episodes. Because <laughs> they, they just put why? five different episodes together, yeah. And they had to all get credit. The only one of no note was Gwen Wetzler, who was credited as being the first woman to be a producer director on an animated thing. Although they couldn't nail down when that was. It was either in the <laughs> 1970s or it was in the 1990s. No one really knows. Who really cares? Come on. Women in animation. Yeah, it's break. never going to catch on. And hey, you know, we've said before, it's a bad sign when there's more than like four or five writers on, uh, on a yeah. movie. It's an even worse sign when there's that many directors. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's produced by Arthur H. Nadel. Did nothing. And Lou Scheimer. Did lots of things. Badly. <laughs> did lots of things. <laughs> he did. Uh, he worked for Filmation. Yeah. Or Filmination. He, wa- he, Filmation. he, he pretty much was Filmation, yeah. Well, I know. The yeah. other guy was Sutherland or Sunderland. Yeah, Bob. Was it, was it Bob Sutherland? Yeah. Hal. Hal Sutherland, that guy, yeah. The guy who had his signature on the fucking credits. Yeah, it's, and if so, if you were watching Saturday morning cartoons in the 1970s and 80s, if it wasn't Hanna-Barbera or Deke, <laughs> it was these bastards. And the thing about them was, was that the artwork was pretty good, but the animation was like at two frames a minute or something like that. Yeah. It was not good. And so they did like Star Trek the Animated Series and Flash. Gordon and the Bill Cosby kids. They, boy, that's oh. I'm sorry I brought that <laughs> he up. Leaves, anyway. He leaves that one off the resume these days. <laughs> and this, which was both He-Man and She-Ra, and I think he did Black Star. Yeah. They did the Ghostbusters animated, because here's the thing. Okay, so there was a Ghostbusters TV show about two aging comedians and a gorilla. Yeah. That's right, I said it. And they bust a ghost, and that was the name of the TV show. And then the Ghostbusters came along, and then they turned to Filmation and said, quick, make a cheap version of this show from the 1970s. And they went, no problem, we can take a cheap show of that easy. And then they made a show called The Ghostbusters. And then the Ghostbusters wanted their own cartoon show, and then they had to call it the real Ghostbusters. So if people wanted to know why it was called the real Ghostbusters, it was because Filmation got hired to... Even though technically the Filmation property was first, so really it was the real Ghostbusters. The Void's starting to talk back to me, Steve. (laughs) You know that quote where, don't don't talk to the Void because the Void... No, no, don't stare into the Void because the Void stares back. I don't know what that's from. I'm just feeling that really hard since yesterday. Really? Just since yesterday, huh? Yeah, just since yesterday. And the Void sounds an awful lot like the Sorceress. Anyway, so (laughs) let's keep going. (laughs) 
Yes. It was written by Larry DiTilio and Bob Forward. They worked on a bunch of cartoons, mostly for filmation. They didn't do anything notable. Starring John Irwin as Prince Adam slash He-Man slash Beast Man. He really didn't do much of anything else other than this, right? Did, no. Did, do you know of him doing anything else? No. He-Man no. is his major credit, yeah. That's right. Melendi Britt as Princess Adora slash She-Ra slash Katra. What about her, Steve? Anything? Nope. Nope. Not that I know Okay, of. here comes the big name, and underutilized, because it was the only real reason why I was looking forward to watching this fucking thing. Oh, yeah, I bet you were and, disappointed, too. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> Look, I have a lot of totem creatures that I carry around with me <laughs> inside that react to things in a particular way. Daffy Duck is chief among them. Sure. But I would be lying if I didn't admit that, boy, oh, boy, Skeletor is right in there. Absolutely. You, you and me both. Alan Oppenheimer as Skeletor slash Man-at-Arms slash Cringer slash Battle Cat. And he's barely in this as Skeletor, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he is probably the most well-known of of the cast because not only did he do uh, a lot of voice work and, and of course, was a lot of the voices on He-Man, but he he pops up in TV a lot as well in the the 70s and 80s and 90s. Yeah, and a lot of voiceover and a lot of TV was in all of the Star Treks. Yeah, that's right. He's been around. Man's the boss. And just think, when, when you watch that Deep Space Nine episode where they have the, the captain of the Starship Odyssey that shows up to, to help Captain or Commander Sisko fight uh, the Dominion, mm-hmm. that, that the captain yeah. of that ship is Skeletor. So, you know. Yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Why can't it actually be Skeletor? I wish it was. I wish it was Skeletor in a Starfleet uniform. Me too. And you saw him sit, sitting on the bridge of the ship in the same shot as Skeletor sitting on his throne, sort of shot from <laughs> below. Hello, Chrome Dome! (laughs) (laughs) Captain Skeletor, welcome to Deep Space Nine. Whatever, you boob! (laughs) Now move aside so I can save you! (laughs) All right, keep going. Linda Gary as Tila slash Queen Marlena slash Sorceress slash... Go ahead. Madam Raz... Mm -hmm. It, which is a character, like they said, we need something more annoying than Orko. Is that possible? <laughs> <laughs> I got you, boss. Slash Shadow Weaver slash Glimmer. Wow, uh, remember when I told you about how they were going to save money on vo- vocal talent? Oh, yeah. George Desenzo as Bo, spelled B-O-W. In my notes, I was spelling it B-E-A-U because I'm literate, and I thought that's what his name was. I didn't realize that this is a show made for four-year-old girls, Steve. Yep. But he carries a bow. Yeah, and he uses it to not kill people with. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. He he plays bow and Hordak. Mm. Erica Scheimer. Now, hey, there's a funny thing. Erica is his daughter or his wife? His daughter. I think it's his daughter. His daughter. His daughter. Um, uh, Lou liked to save money so much that he would routinely cast his wife and his daughter in multiple roles in all of his cartoon shows, right? Yeah, it's just like, Steve? it's just like working on a farm, you know, you have kids so you can put them to work. Cheap labor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Erica plays Queen Angela. And Lou Scheimer, oh boy. Plays every other character. 
He plays King Randor, Swiftwind, Cowl, Broom, Mantena, Horde Trooper, Cobra Khan, Trapjaw, Triclops, mm-hmm. although he's credited as Eric Gundan yes. as Triclops. He's also credited as Eric Gundan for Cowl, the stupid Ferengi monkey yes, bird, which, whatever it which is. Which they were clearly hoping would be the breakout adorable character. Oh, you're, you're sure it's not Imp, the strange creature that appears out of nowhere halfway through the movie and then disappears for the rest of it? They just think... We're like, am I starting to hallucinate characters in this? Where did that come from? I never saw that character. Why is Hordak talking to it? Nobody else talks to him. That's weird. Why didn't just tell me to burn my neighbor's house down? <sighs> okay, music by Erica Lane. Shuki Levy and Haim Saban. Mm-hmm. They might sound Two familiar. of these people made a whole lot of music for uh, for filmation, and one of them is the 232nd richest person in Hollywood. Mm. Absolutely. <laughs> and that would be Haim Saban. Our younger our younger listeners will note that he is the person that bought the Power Rangers. And in fact, that's why it's called Saban's Power Rangers now. It, he's not like he's not like the boss. He's not like whatever the name of the big head is. I don't know what I'm not. Too, I'm too old for Power Rangers. Z- Zordon. Zordon. Yes. Thank God you don't have a love for Power Rangers. The I was a little too old, but I was old enough to catch on to a few of the things. Yeah. Look, guys, um, we're gonna try to. F- I, I, there's a movie. I mean, here's the thing. I made this gift to Steve because I know he'd like mm-hmm. it, right. And being a friend means that you sacrifice yourself. <laughs> and believe me, guys, if there was an Ultraman movie, I'd be more than happy to make Steve sit through that. <laughs> but here's the thing. Steve would probably wind up liking it. I would it. probably love that, yeah. And I don't have any more skeletons in my closet. <laughs> I got them all out. <laughs> <sighs> All right, so Hans Saban did music for it, too. It's edited by John Gall. He did nothing. Production <laughs> company, Filmation, covered that. Distributed by Atlantic Releasing. Release date, March 22nd, 1985. Running time, 91 minutes. Budget. <laughs> uh, was it really? Did it really cost that much, do you think? Probably not. Yeah. I can't imagine. $2 million. Yeah. Like, Filmation didn't stay in business that long by making no. shows where five episodes worth of animation cost $2 million bucks. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Box office, $6.5 million. Now, guys, I would like to say that this was a one-off thing. No one else did this, but every goddamn TV show, animated TV show, had a movie coming out. Oh, boy. Right? Yeah, it, this was right at the beginning of that trend, because this same year, yeah. I think, the My Little Pony movie came out, and then, like, a, Care Bears. Care Bears. Then the, the, Rainbow the, Bright. Yeah, and then a year later, I think, was the G.I. Joe movie and Transformers. Rubik's the Amazing Cube. <laughs> I don't know. If, did I the, the ALF but animated The ones that movie. I loved. The one that I wanted, yeah. Thundar the Barbarian. Ooh. Fuck you, Jason. Is what the world said to me. <laughs> That's what the world, arguably a better fucking property than He Man, Thundar the goddamn Barbarian, and very similar. Yes, which has a better pedigree. What? No, are you? Thunder the Barbarian is a post-apocalyptic nightmare world that's populated by super technology and wizards. Yeah, but He-Man, you know, looks kind of the same. Eternia is a baby playground filled with people that don't make no sense. I feel like I've struck a nerve. (laughs) Don't you dare compare He-Man to Thunder the the Barbarian. Don't you dare. The beginning of Thunder the Barbarian literally started with the destruction of the Earth every episode. 
he had a friend named Ukla the Mock who'd beat people up constantly. <laughs> Did I get a movie? Nope. I didn't even get a fucking toy line out of it. But you're okay with concept that Concept designs by Jack Kirby. That's all I'm going to say. That's what I'm going to okay. say. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end. Okay. Jack Kirby did the concept designs. Fucking, fucking, Who, uh, fucking can that? Was, was no, he, didn't even get a second season. That's what happened was, to Jason's childhood. Was he somebody important? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, I'm that's sorry. it. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be. I'm not trying. I'm sorry. You do, you, we're going right into the review now. <laughs> I'm all tanked up on hate and ready to go. Ding. All right, Steve. Happy birthday. Thank you. And let's hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's uh, strip way down. Let's strip way All down. Right. I'm going to I'm going to dress up as Bo. Oh boy. I'm going to I'm going to wear useless arm. Useless. The most useless armor you could think of <laughs> with a heart right over where my heart is. It basically begs people to shoot me there. <laughs> Kill me here. I'm going to grow a stupid little mustache. There you go. My best friend is going to be a parrot monkey that's got ears for wings. Yeah, figure that one out, guys. <laughs> oh, and I'm going to be wearing pastels, I guess. Kinda... You, what are you going to dress up as um, we run into the world of Eternetheria? Oh, well, I'm I'm stripping down to my furry underwear. Uh-huh. And then I'm putting... You're going to be Beast Man? Putting on my... <laughs> Everybody wears furry underwear on He-Man. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm going as man at arms. So I'm gonna strip down to my furry underwear, but I'm gonna put on my my I'm gonna put on my green leotard. Seems the only capable one. And I'm gonna put on my furry boots and my funny looking helmet Good. and my yeah. yellow armor that covers half my face. Mushroom head. My mushroom hat. Yeah, exactly. And and because I'm old school, how I'm, come he had a mustache? How come he had a mustache on the cartoon show, but his action figure didn't? Uh, that's a great question. Because the action figure is modeled after a young man at arms. Let's oh, go with that. So he's flashback, flashback version man. Because giving him a mustache is an easy way to differentiate his character design from other characters. How come Man at Arms only came with one weapon? I know, like it should be just man with an arm, and it was a mace. <laughs> man, it was a mace. Man and arm. Man and arm. It should have just been Mace Man. <laughs> you know. Okay, great. All right, anything else we need no. before we go into the magical fantasy? Oh, you're going to pay for what you said about Lord of the Rings. You're going to pay. You're going to pay desperately oh. <laughs> into the fantasy magical realm of Eternia mm-hmm. and then taking a hard left into the magical world of Eternia. Is that what it's called? Etheria. 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 Oh, I'm sorry. Etheria. I'm so sorry. It's okay. You didn't offend me. It's okay. Eternia. Etheria. Diphtheria. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go. Can't wait. I'm just going to start killing and not stop. Oh. <laughs> I think both the populations of both planets would be like, what is that man doing? They're they're falling down and they're not getting up again. He must be putting them to sleep. I've heard of this He-Man. It's called dying. <laughs> All right. Ready? Ready. Okay, Steve. Uh-huh. Take it away. Well, boy, the writers of this movie know how to start on an exciting note because in the very first scene, we open on the sorceress having a bad dream. Nope. It's an explosive nope. opening. Nope. nope. Oh, you want to talk nope. about nope. the song? Nope. You want to talk nope. about the credits nope. and the song? 
you complained that the opening of the Lord of the Rings opened on black, and so does this it movie. Does. It does. It opens on black, and then except what I got was storytelling in mine. What we got in yours was something completely different. Wasn't it was. It? Uh, it was. It was. It was. It's the title track. Every movie needs a main title song, right? Yeah. We, What's the name of this song? Oh, I don't even know what it's called, but it's. Um, you don't know the name. Uh, it's of the, the, the title, title of the, the title of it is is in the credits, but I don't remember the title of the song. For the honor of love. Oh, that's I think it. Is yeah, which you know it sounds like it should be a Peter Cetera song. Sadly, they they say it like four or five times. Oh, that's right. It's pretty much the whole chorus, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I have all the lyrics here. You want to read? Uh, now nah, you can read them if you want. <laughs> I'm not gonna because I think I would. My head would split open and a demon would come it's, out. It's a little banal. I'm fairly certain these are the words you say out of the Necronomicon to open the gateway to the hell dimension. Well, aren't, is it, aren't they the words that Bruce Campbell said that threw him back in time in Army of Darkness? <laughs> um, sure. I, yeah, that works too. Anyway, we have a song that goes on for what seems like a really long time, but this movie is only an hour and 90 minutes, so yeah. I don't know how it manages to do that time dilation thing. Well, yeah, it's anyway, like when you're so falling into that, the right? black hole, it seems forever, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. So now what do we get? Now we get the sorceress having a bad dream. The who? The sorceress. Oh, you don't know about the sorceress because you didn't watch the show. I don't know. And yeah, all I know is that there's a lady having a, like a flashback yeah, dream. Yeah, so the sorceress is is the guardian of Castle Grayskull. I see. I see. You see? And she's got magic superpowers. So she she, she guards a spooky, like a spooky ma- She's evil because it's a big skull. Yeah, well, except that it's actually, that's the place where the good guys hang out. And the spooky and the spooky thing? In the spooky skull castle, yeah. That's that's the, the source of, of all power and goodness on Eternia, yeah, yeah. It's where oh, He-Man okay. draws his strength from. I yeah. see. Yeah. Okay. And she's having so a bad dream. She's, what's the bad dream? What's happening in the bad dream? Well, the bad dream is she wakes up and uh, she sees a sword just kind of floating there. And, and no, she she sees a guy holding a baby. Yeah, there's a guy with a baby and she's like, hey, the baby. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like... And then there's a sword. She's like, oh yeah, the baby. That's something super important that has been true all along that I just never mentioned ever. That I've known about since forever. That I've known about since forever. And she, they basically Obi-Wan Kenobi the sorceress <laughs> where he's like, oh, she knew about this yeah. the whole time but she never mentioned it. And that's weird. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and she sees she she sees a sword that people will recognize if you're He-Man fans. It looks a lot like He-Man's sword but it has a little like jewel in the middle of it, like a little stone. And that happens to be the same color as the yeah, sword. Yes, because, because it's easier to animate that Coloring way. a jewel, come on. It's easier to animate that way. <laughs> anyway, so the sword's like, hey, come yeah, on. Yeah, got it. I want to show you something. Some. And then a, a door opens in the sorceress's yeah. room. And she's like, that was my coat closet. Where'd my coats go? No, and she says something way weirder later on. <laughs> <laughs> And she opens the door and it's like a glowy yeah, hole. Yeah, it's like right? a, it's like a glowy thing that that. And she's like, "Oh, that's fucked up." So yeah, she calls Prince Adam. What's Prince Adam doing? Cringer. Prince Adam is is cooking up some cookies or something. He's in the kitchen. No, he's, he's not. Whipping. Boy, I I can't believe I know more about he's, this than you. He's making some spice bread. Yeah, he's whipping it up, and 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 his his um his pet talking tiger Cringer is there. It's it's his world famous spice bread. <laughs> he's, he's like Cringer, I'm making my spice bread. <laughs> wow. and Cringer's like, give me some of that spice bread, he man. He's like, I'm not doing. Do it. You're like Will Ferrell's Harry Carey on cocaine. <laughs> Don't care. That's the, that we interrupt Prince Adam. <laughs> He's like, I'm making my spice bread. 
And Cringer's like, oh, you fucker, give me just a... Let me lick the bowl. And who are they, Steve? Well, Prince Adam is the crown prince of Eternia. And and, uh-huh. and also, although only our friends Orko, Man-at-Arms, and the Sorceress know the secret, he is also yeah. He-Man, the most powerful man in the Because everyone else is blind, because he looks exactly like He-Man, except his hair's a different color, and he's maybe a, tut, a touch paler. Yes, and, right? and that, I have always maintained, is the secret that makes the show work. <laughs> The fact that he looks exactly the same, whether he is Adam and He-Man. Same and, build. And exactly the same. And nobody ever notices, and rarely is it even suggested. They don't even do it's the weird. fucking... Prince Adam looks exactly like you, except slightly different. His voice is a little higher. Prince Adam also has a green cat that hangs around with all the time hmm. at talks. And you have a green cat that you hang around with all the time at talks. And they don't even when when He Man shows up when Prince Adam was just there and 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 one mm-hmm. of the other characters is like, "Hey, where's yeah. Prince Adam?" They don't even do like a an old school Superman thing where you know like they'll come up with an excuse like, "Oh, Clark got scared and he's pissing his pants in the corner somewhere. Don't worry about him." Like He Man will just say, "Oh, Adam, don't worry, he's safe," and then he'll immediately change the subject. So there's right. no effort to disguise his secret identity whatsoever. And yet nobody right. ever so what notices. happens? Um, well, the sorceress... What happens? Does he finish his spice bread? No. This, Does Cringer get some spice no, bread? No, Cringer don't get no spice bread. The the, crin, the, the, the Cringer. The sorceress. <laughs> every character in this could be the Cringer, couldn't they? Um, the sorceress contacts Adam through through telepathy, which is something she can do. Oh, I see. That's yeah, great. because it's really, really convenient. <laughs> Yeah. And uh doesn't he say something like shut up cringer I'm getting wait shut up cringer I'm getting a phone call on the telepathy phone. Hello? Exactly. <laughs> it's the sorceress you want some of my spice bread? <laughs> She's like, get your ass over to the castle. Put the fucking spoon down. Put the fucking spoon <laughs> Grab your down. magic sword. Hop on your talking giant tiger. Get the fuck over here. <coughs> so he goes yeah. there, along with Cringer. Right, and she's like, okay, so there's some things I can tell you, and there's some things I can't. There's fucking bullshit. No, she doesn't. She's like, listen, go through the fucking yeah, she's door. She's like, oh, yeah, she, like, Why? she says, this door, this door just opened, and it's never opened before. You've lived here for how long? Oh, she's been there, like, how forever. Long and she's never gone, like, once What's weird. behind that door? Uh, whatever. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Fuck it. She tried the knob a couple of times. Uh-huh. Forget it. Well, she meant to call the locksmith, but she kept forgetting. Because it's a mystery. You know, Skeletor kept trying to break in, and she was like, I'll just deal with this later. Uh-huh. And she's like, listen, here's a sword. You need to walk through that door. Yeah. Why? I, I can't tell you, but I'm not going to. Shut up. Walk through the door. Why? What did I just <laughs> say? Walk through the goddamn door. I'm the sorceress. You're the dude the sorceress bosses around. Yeah, but I mean, I'm going to disappear. My parents aren't going to know where me and me and Cringer are. Right, Cringer? Fuck you. I'm hungry. <laughs> well, I didn't get to eat anything. Well, I didn't even get to make anything. She's telling me with the pudding pops. <laughs> yeah, so so the sorceress says, "Look, long story short, this sword showed up. It's a magic sword. It looks a lot like your sword, but never mind. Take the sword, go through the magic portal hole thingy. On the other <laughs> side, you, you have to give this sword to somebody, right? And I, I mean, the sword will tell you who. So just go, go, get. Okie dokie, and they do yeah. it." Because Adam is, you know, because yeah, Adam's like, okay, sure, I'll walk through the, the glowy hole. He's done that before. Mm-hmm. Through the glowy hole. He goes hole. through the glowy hole all the time. It's like a weekly thing for him. 
He doesn't turn into He-Man first? No, no. He's like, I'm... Why? Because he's like, man, I got this. No need to waste He-Man on this. I'm just walking through a glory uh, hole. Yeah. Like, because he can, can only do it once a day or something? <laughs> it's like it's like Kit using his turbo boost, you know? Or or David <laughs> Banner turning into the Hulk. He can only do it so often. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, they go, where do they wind well, up? Well, they wind up in another place that looks an awful lot like the place they just left, but but it's different. Well, yeah, it looks like Eternia, but for girls. Yeah, it's, it's girl Eternia. <laughs> What where they are is Etheria. They don't really know that yet, mm-hmm. but but mm-hmm. that's where they're at. They're in a, a different Listeria. world, Listeria. Yes, they're <laughs> in the world of Listeria. <laughs> and they're like, "Hey, look, town!" Yeah, because Cringer is seriously hungry because he was counting on that spice all bread. the time. Because that's the only thing when you can't think of a character trait yeah. other than being afraid. Hungry also. Yeah, so works he's too, hungry and fearful because yeah. everybody's a fucking shaggy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till you see the hilarious scene where Adam flips we him some like cringer snacks. We have like nine of them in this. We have like nine Shaggies it's, in this There are a lot of Shaggies. Thing. We need another character. Fuck it, I don't have time to create a character. Do a Shaggy. Okay. <laughs> okay, so they say, hey, look, the Laughing Swan Inn. Yeah, and they go into the inn and everybody stops and looks. Yeah. Because they're like, uh-huh. look, new people. And then they get over that Yeah, quiz. like whatever. And there's a harp guy yeah. and he's harping the harp. And there's like a... A b- uh, b- guy that runs it, a bartender. If they served alcohol in this right. world, I don't think they which do. they don't. Yeah. And then there's this guy Strider, and he's like <laughs> sitting over there, oh. and he's like, "Oh, look, strangers!" And then we meet his little owl friend, whose name I've completely forgotten. Cowl. Cowl. Yeah. Cowl. Cowl. Another metaphor for hiding or or being scared. <laughs> Get it? Because you have Cringer, and now you have Cowl, and he's like, oh, "Fuck me, God! Oh, I hope there's no problems." <laughs> You know, I don't like when new people move in. These new people bring their problems. I don't like any new people, dark people. (laughs) Anybody. Ah, That's how I know that we're a good team, because you pick up on the racist joke I was implying about Cal right away. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) And uh, so they sit down, and and Cringe is like, I want some fish. And they bring him some fish, and... He eats it in an impossible way that no creature could possibly fucking eat yes, a fish. Yes, he, he vacuums all the skin and meat off of it, and presumably the and pin test. bones as well. So he's really having some That's indigestion. Right. <laughs> Gives a fuck. Uh, he's like, I think I'm going to like it here, man. And he's like, I have no idea why we're here or what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> I know. You think, you know, he'd be like holding the sword out as like a divining rod or something. Like where He doesn't even have it on his fucking body. Well, he's been given a sword. He's technically carrying two yes. of them. <laughs> not according to this model character sheet. <laughs> he has nothing. It's under his shirt. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, before before He-Man or Prince Adam can sample the wares, yes. two whore men come in. <laughs> Horde men. Hordesmen. No, they're whore men. I mean, yeah, they're hordesmen yes, is what yes, they call hordesmen, them, right? Yes. Oh, that's a lot different than what I was you saying. You were saying whore men. <laughs> Anyway, they're mean. Yeah, they're the bad guys. They wear armor all over the place, yeah. and they come in, and they knock people over, and they tell the harp guy, play something we like, and he's like, okay, and then they don't like what he plays, and they shoot his harp, and the harp guy's like, ooh, <laughs> and then they're going to beat him up or something, and then Adam, Prince Adam goes, no, no, you didn't in front of me, and they're like, yeah, we did. And then uh, uh, Strider, who's been sitting there with a cloak over him, yeah. right? Because he's all cloaked up. <laughs> he, oh, he whips back the cloak, and oh boy. Oh, Steve, you got to describe him. You got to. Oh, well, sure. Well, he's he's got a nice little haircut, you know. <laughs> and 
and he's got armor on his chest with the, with a, a um a big red heart right in the middle over his heart. Yeah, and he's wearing bright yeah. blue pants. Mm-hmm. And, and no, nothing on his and midriff. Boots, a bare midriff, of course, and obviously, like you can see his nipples, oh, he's, and he's like you know rock hard abs. Totally going to the gym every day. You can tell. Yeah, you know. and he's got a bow. Yep. And then and then everybody starts with the fighting. I yeah. guess. Yeah, because there's there's the evil horde. See, and then there's the people that the evil horde boss around. That's how things work in this world. And Bo apparently is one of the good guys. Yeah, and then and then him and Prince Adam they go they team up and they're like they pick up a rug. Yeah, and they're like, hey, look a rug, a rug. And the two guys that are looking directly at them, standing on the rug that they are actually picking up and discussing. What they're going to do with the rug. They're like, maybe we should get off the rug. No, they, they don't do that. And then they pull the rug out from underneath them, get yeah. it, and then fall over. Yeah, so, I mean, basically, the the, the, the troopers uh, in the evil horde are the people that the stormtroopers in Star Wars make fun of. I hope everyone's following yeah. along. It's, anyway, a, it's, a, it's so a complicated then, story, so you have to pay attention. Yeah. And so then Bo and, and Prince Adam make out a little yeah. bit, and then they go, hey, let's go. We're, we're part of the Rebels. Yeah, the Great Rebellion. And, great Rebellion against about, against Hordak and his whoremen. And we're going to, we got to go to, uh, got to go to Whispering Woods. Yeah. Come on. That's what I tell all the guys. It's okay. <laughs> it's like tying a ribbon on a bush in the park. That's what this is. Come on, let's go. Uh, I thought you said Whispering Woods. This is a rest stop. Shut up. <laughs> Well, yeah, we only whisper there. <laughs> anyway, hard cut to Isengard. I mean, no. um, where do we go? They don't even say where we're at. Do no, we? I think uh, they they there there's um, oh, what's it? The fright zone. The fright yeah, it's called zone. the fright zone. Yeah, is that a spooky place? The Nick that the Knicks club at your local Six Flags. <laughs> It's the it's it's the Mid Atlantic region. Is that the name of the lame ass haunted house it's, that your school put it's up? The Mid Atlantic region's number one haunted house. Anyway, what what what's happening in in the fight? Well, zone? they've heard about the fight in the village. Who's they? Well, Hordak is there. What's a Hordak? Hordak is like Skeletor, only worse. <laughs> Hordak is a mess. He's, he's just a jumble of character traits. Okay, listen. Leaning in the general Hordak, direction of being a villain. Can't, yeah. <laughs> I think he can turn into mechanical things, yeah. and he's got like a wife face and some kind of armor yeah. and a bat symbol. Yeah. He's there, and we also have Catwoman, <laughs> um, three-legged guy, and porn orco. <laughs> yes, that's right. Shadow Weaver is porn orco, yes. Porn, what I mean by, if you guys know what orco looks like, he's got this like purplish cloak. He's got a black face that you can't see and glowing eyes and a hat, yeah. right? And he's a magic man. Right. Porno. <laughs> Dreamweaver is the same exact goddamn color. Can't see her face. She has glowing eyes. But the difference is that she's got a big old pair of jugs and an hourglass figure. And she talks and whispers. And I have no doubt in my mind that so many goddamn kinks were born out of porno. Oh. I can't even stop. I mean, jeez Louise. Mm-hmm. How many nascent boners were launched because of this character? Oh yeah, absolutely. The uh, the 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 form fitting yet unrevealing robe. Come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I know. I know. Anyway, so Hordak's like, so what happened? Yeah, and they're like, they're there like, was look, look, there was a big fight and rebels, and they beat up some of our troopers because our troopers suck. 
and he goes, go out there and do stuff. Yeah. And he mentions he and now watch. He, yeah, well, he name drops Adora for the first time. He says, "Get tell Force Captain Adora to take some troops to the village and just start fucking killing people till we find out who started the fight. And they're like, okay. Yeah, like this. And then he shoots his, his gun arm and destroys part of his own hideout. Yeah. He's not, Does that make he's sense? not good. Like, he's just, you know. I think yeah. we're seeing there's a reason why this is well into the He-Man phenomenon and we're just now hearing about <laughs> Hordak because he's just not that good. Anyway, so now we're in the Whispering yeah. Woods and we meet Sprague and he's a twiglet. I'm done. I'm done, Steve. You can't fucking... And you can't... You cannot fucking tell me I'm wrong about the Lord of the Rings because I just said that goddamn sentence. This, this is also... This is the character, by the way, that they gave Orko's exact voice. Sounds yeah, exactly like Orko. Well, I guess Orko's not going to be in this. Yeah. So Sprague is like a thing. Yeah. He's like a fucking thing. He's like a little wood... Yeah. Thing, a little woodland creature. Yeah. And now we meet Glimmer... Who really thinks Adam? Uh, Glimmer is a woman. Yeah, she's and yeah, she's got the hots for Adam at, at first sight. She's like, yeah, who is and that? Get, and she pushes yeah, Bo out of yeah. the way. Finally, a real man. Yeah, take off your take off everything. Take off all that pink stuff. <laughs> uh, and then we meet Madam Idiot, Madam Raz, which and her talking broom. Yes. No, Madam Idiot. I'm not using her name. <laughs> she does not deserve the dignity of a name. Anyway, yeah, a madam idiot witch in her talking broom, and she's like a witch, and she's also dressed like Orko, yeah. but um, we can see her skin, and she talks like she's from Queens? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there were a lot of haphazard decisions made about the characters of, of this uh, and show. See, the funny thing about her is, is that unlike, completely unlike Orko, mm -hmm. she can use magic, but she gets her spells wrong all exactly, the time. Exactly, nothing like Orko, exactly. Exactly. Right. What? Anyway, so uh, we find out that Adam says that he knows a guy that might be able to help him. And I'm like, really? You're doing your secret identity thing here on another planet? Well, you never know. You never know what? You never what? know when, you know, he like maybe he comes clean and he's like, all right, look, I'm this other guy, He-Man. I mean, what if he says that and then it all blows yeah. up in his face, you know? How? Well, you know, you keep a secret identity to keep your to uh -huh. keep your friends safe from your enemies. Do you think Superman gives a fuck about the Clark Kent identity on another planet? He should. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be hilarious? Like he should. Wouldn't that be hilarious if he goes to another planet and he changes into Clark Kent? And he's like, oh, hi, I'm, uh, have you seen Superman? Because I'm definitely not him. How did you get here? <laughs> I'm a reporter. Uh, oh, great. How did you get here, I, frail human? I came on the press plane. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so they find out, uh-oh, they're fucking up that town where we had the fight. Yeah, and they feel somewhat responsible. Yeah. yeah. And so then uh, we go, and they're all like, oh, no, slave transport. And people are just politely lining up to be turned into slaves and get sucked up into this machine. And then we meet Force Cap, the Force Captain, and she's all evil. Yeah. Right? And she's like, be she's mean like, to those villagers. Be extra mean to them because I'm evil. Be more mean. <laughs> and so then Prince Adam and the guys are like, let's stop him. And then we get a fight. And Catwoman turns into a cat, and Sucker Man sucks on Glimmer head and three-legged guy does a fucked up thing with his face and scorpion woman's all stupid <laughs> and when everybody's all beaten up then prince adam yeah. turns into he well he had to wait till they were all distracted so he wouldn't give away his secret identity hey steve i have a follow -up sure question. man where does he man get his power from oh from castle grayskull where's castle grayskull right um, now in the narrative? in another dimension 
<laughs> How is he getting his power to turn into Heat Man? Uh, I guess he's got like a battery. No, he's he got a, doesn't. The sword is like a battery. It stores up just enough power. That's an insufficient. You know answer, the really, Steve? the the really in, inexplicable part is uh, when we get to the point where Shira transforms. She apparently gets her power from Grayskull too, and she ain't even from uh, there. Yeah, but she gets the weaker honor version. She doesn't get the power. Yeah, version. that's right. Because honor is very important mm-hmm. if you're a woman. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, T-Man shows up and he beats up everybody. The end. Yeah, right? pretty much. Yeah, He's like, get out of the way. Uh-huh. Get out of the way, characters in yeah. the new show. Let the star of the old right. show save and you. And then Adora shows up and he pulls out the sword from the same place. I guess from up his yeah. butt. From his prison wall. Yeah, exactly. He pulls out the other sword that he's been carrying around. Because remember, he's been carrying around mm-hmm. too. And the sword's like, that's her. That's who we need to give it to. And we're like, the force captain, which is all evil. <sighs> And then um, while he's trying to convince her, someone shoots him or hits him or something. What yeah, happens? someone uh, like shoots him from behind because that's He-Man's he own. Falls we- that's his only weakness, I guess. This is he's behind. facing the other direction, <laughs> and you can shoot him, and he's down. Yeah. So then they take him to Bist Island. Yeah, <laughs> Bist Island. Which has no consistency at all whatsoever. <laughs> The first time we see Best Island, <laughs> it looks just like a, a brown rock with a bunch of skeletons yeah. on it. Later, it's much more complicated, and the prison is huge, and there's like a forest there, too, but there's no consistency in scale or artwork. Steve, what? <laughs> they should have taken him to Candy Apple Island. <laughs> anyway, these people, right? The people, you know, uh, Bo yeah. and Glimmer and the Twiglets and the Fart Knockers <laughs> and Madam Madam fucks up a spell. They're all like, "Hey, they took He Man to to um, they took him to, to Beast Island, and we've got to save him." And I'm like, "Why? <laughs> because he's the only one of them that can fight worth a shit." No, Steve. <laughs> remember, as far as they know, Prince Adam has. This a fucking appeared. <laughs> oh well, they forgot about that, and they've never met He Man ever. He just kind of showed up, beat some guys up, and then he got captured. But they all say, "Let's find, let's get our friend He Man," because none of us have actually talked to this person, nor we do we know what he's all about. Really, right, Steve? Yes, my friend, but you're forgetting about narrative convenience. <laughs> no, I'm they not. have this to is want just to narrative convenience He-Man. and fucking laziness. They have to rescue He-Man because this is a very poorly written story. Here, here's how the narrative was convenient. Those fucking four-year-olds don't care if they know or not. <laughs> <laughs> they just saw He-Man transform. They'll be fine for five minutes. Come on. If I finish this page, I can drink some more. <laughs> You know, I got this system where I put the bourbon bottle on the other side of the office, see, so I can't get it right away. And I tell myself, two pages, then you have a drink. That's how I get things done. Anyway, so this gaggle of fuckheads decide, we're going to go to Beast Island, and we're going to save him. This guy we don't know, Absolutely. right? Absolutely, yeah. And they all know his name somehow. Yeah, well, well see, well, Battle Cat is with them, so he probably filled in. Oh, that's in. right, and they just accept yeah. Battle Cat. Oh, by the way, his name is He-Man. His name? Is He-Man? That's his name? Yes! What? Yes! <laughs> Don't stop looking at me! I know I look remarkably similar to Cringer. Yeah. Don't take my mask off. I'm going to also, I'm going to change size at least five times. <laughs> totally. You like the size of a horse or like the size of an elephant or just the size of a cat? Sometimes. <laughs> Every once in a while, yeah. 
Anyway, I'm magic. Okay. So um, then we meet for- Force Captain Adora for the good this time, and she's all like, um, "Hordak's great, and he's wonderful, and we're doing things, and we help people." And I got here as a baby, and I train in the Fright Zone all the time. Yeah, yeah, and He Man's like, you know, they're called the Evil Horde. Well, like, that's that's in the name. Stop! You're stop trying to fuck up stuff for me. And T Man's like, "Hey, <laughs> I didn't even change my go voice. Look around, <laughs> look around, and see how not evil everything is, or if they are, make up your mind." And she's like, "Okay," and she leaves. And Hordak's like, "Where are you going?" And she's like, "I'm going to the fright zone. It's scariest place in all of the area." I get a free pass if I buy an all-day ticket. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so then, okay, so they make a flying ship. Yes, yes, right? a fl- like a literally like a flying, like a sailing ship. Yeah, like a boat that yeah, flies, like the Santa Maria. Only it's flying, and they're flying in, and then Hordak's like, no, <laughs> and he gets into his flying ship, and his ship has his face and head on the front? Yeah, exactly. Okay. And then they shoot them the yeah. fuck down. <laughs> and they crash. Yeah, but, but to they Island. crash on the island, which is where they were going in the first place. So thanks, Hordak. Yeah, that's good. And then they and then they uh, get attacked by a monster, I think. Yeah, yeah. Right? And they... Okay, guys. Okay, at this point in the narrative, they've asked this stupid witch to do something like nine times and every time they've asked her to do it she's done it wrong yeah she fucks up every time they need to stop asking her to do stuff because okay so Bo who cannot bring himself to kill anyone with his bow and arrow (laughs) shoots some vines down on top of the monster and they're like quick magic lady who gets everything wrong make the monster go away and she's like okay and instead she makes the vines go away, and they all act surprised, like she wasn't going to fuck that up. Stop asking her to do things, please! Well, think of the impact that would have on her self-esteem. I mean... Fuck her self-esteem. We're talking about lives. Yeah, but she'll feel so bad. I mean, what's her role on the team going to be if she's not the spell lady? Uh, okay. So, um... Uh, Adora... Adora leaves and discovers the obvious. Yeah, she sees the fir- literally the first thing. <laughs> like immediately, the first thing she sees are are uh, hordesmen being just super mean to like slaves, and she's like, hmm. like for no reason at all, just to be fucking yeah, mean. They're to just people. being jerks. Yeah, they're just like, hey, watch this. We're gonna shoot your mother right in front of you. Unfortunately, I get a name drop in there because a kid named Jason has his horse taken away. <laughs> He's, like, wearing a woman's one-piece bathing suit and a sports jacket. <laughs> and then he cries over a fucking pony. And then the horde blows up a guy's house for not paying tax. Or, no, talking about yeah. not liking to pay taxes. Fucking Democrats. And she's all like, oh, no. Could it be that the, e- bad. Could it be that the evil <laughs> horde is evil? <laughs> and, um... What happens next, Steve? Please. Help oh well, me. the the other the the members of the Great Rebellion are are just sort of going through the fright zone and opening doors. Apparently, <laughs> they're just opening. They're not in the oh, fright no, they're zone. In, they're in the Beast Island. Beast Island. Yeah, Beast Island. And they're like, hey, we've opened every door on this place, and He Man's right. never anywhere. And then they're like, well, let's open this door, and they open the door, and there's He Man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> 
But before they can free He-Man, they themselves are captured. That's, yeah. Are they? Yeah. That's right. They do, Yeah. They get captured. And then uh, what happens Oh, well, they get that? They I get captured and then Cowl flies in and... All uh, right. And, and saves he's like, He-Man. hey, He-Man. And He-Man's like, uh, just get me out. Okay, please. Yeah. Yeah. And he he, fl- yeah. he turns off and the then, button and He-Man gets out and he's like, fuck this. And he... Yeah. And then they get free and they run up to the yeah. roof and there's a spaceship up there. And they're all like, hey, come on, He-Man. And he's like, no, I'm going to destroy the prison. Yeah. And so then he collapses the prison, killing all of the prisoners inside of it. Yeah. <laughs> they, you know, they they wouldn't be there if they hadn't done something wrong, right? And then they escape, yeah. and then Adora comes back from her vision quest and does the stupidest thing she could possibly do. Yeah, right, Steve? yeah. She tells Hordak that she's thinking about betraying him <laughs> because it turns out mm-hmm. he's a huge jerk. Yeah, and, and, and what happens? Shadow Steve? Weaver's like, I don't think so, and she and she puts him a hocus pocus, pokey pokey, hocus pocum, hocus pocus. That's what the word I was exactly. trying to say. Exactly. And she's like, no, he's good, I guess. And it's really important to him to have her for whatever reason. I don't know. Is there a reason behind his dedication to Adora being bad? Not really. I mean, even when when we learn the backstory, like, there's no reason why he couldn't have just fucking killed her, like, 20 years ago. But, yeah. He doesn't even seem that attached to her. It's not like, oh, she's my daughter. Like, he he really, he's just like, she's going to be evil, and that's the way it is. He ain't no fucking Thanos. No. No, he ain't. No, he ain't. Anyway, although it's similar backstory. Thanos, but I mean, Thanos would have wrapped this fucker up like in 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah he would have. Anyway, so now we cut. Anyway. <laughs> we cut to uh, Hordak showing off a big Magna Bean whatchamafucking thingamabobber. Yeah, it's his, it's his right? ultimate weapon. And what is that ultimate weapon? It's basically do? a transporter. You just you shoot stuff and it takes it to another place. It it, it transports whatever you shoot with it into uh, the Valley of the Lost, which was my favorite uh, Sid and Marty Croft series when I was a kid. The Valley. That was All Land right. Of the Lost, sorry, Valley sorry, of the I got Lost. that. Yeah, you're getting that confused with Valley of the Guanji, <laughs> which is a western that has dinosaurs in it. Or Valley of the Dolls. Valley of the Dolls. Now, that's what this movie needed a little bit of. <laughs> or maybe Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. Any, anyway. Yeah. anyway, there's now an imp that he talks to yes. directly. named imp, apparently. Which is this, this little winged creature that I guess is supposed to be evil but cute. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. He's only in the scene. Yep. <laughs> he doesn't appear anywhere else. He's just They just here. wanted to sneak him in just to establish him. Hey, kids, here's another tour you can buy, you know? Fuck you, movie. Anyway, yeah, so... But Hordak's uh, Hordak's weapon, the Magna Beam, it's powered by willpower. Yeah, but first we find out that Hordak can teleport anywhere thanks to this button that doesn't appear on his belt that he just kind of fiddles with. He makes a gesture (laughs) on his belt, and everyone can teleport, right? Again, thank... Remember that, guys, later. (laughs) Thank you, cheap, lazy Filmation animators. In fact, um, it turns out that lots of people can teleport anywhere at yeah. any point, at any time, just so long as they go, we don't want to animate people running exactly. or Exactly. How do they get into this scene? Oh, they teleport. Got it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Everyone teleports yeah, exactly. everywhere. It's easy. And you're right. His beam does run on will- willpower. Yep. But I'm sorry. What? It, it runs, runs on, on what? willpower. They do know that willpower is not actually a form of Well, power. obviously it is, though. I mean, that's what right. powers the magnum beam, so... No, 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 yeah? no, 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 no. Willpower is a description of a certain aspect of, you know, human well, like, behavior. Like, de- you know, like determination. 
Like, yeah, like determination. It runs on determination. You can't power anything with that. You can't power but he, things. Well, then, but he pulls it out of people, and it, it, the little thing goes up. He has a little, like a little thermometer thing that goes up when he pulls out someone's willpower. Fine. Yeah, he does. And it needs, just needs to charge. It's, you know, it's like you get. It's like when you get a new electronics. It's it's the worst thing is that you have to let mm-hmm. it charge overnight before you can play with it. So he's like, I need to charge the magna beam before I can play with it. Right. So. Yeah. He-Man decides, I've got to go back. Right? Right. Well, because the sword the sword is obviously attracted to Adora. Mm-hmm. So He-Man's like, I, gotta, I, I know I just escaped, but I have to go back and... And go give her the sword. I got to give her the give sword. Her, like, he wants to go give her the sword. The exactly. sword wants to be in with her. Exactly. Yes. And yes. he's like, Cringer, you stay here because you're too expensive to animate. <laughs> And he's like, okay. Oh, sure. Fine with me. And so then he, he disguises himself as a guy, as right. one of but, the armor guys. Right, but he's he's sloppy because he lets his, his, his blonde hair stick out under the helmet. Somehow he his hair out. gets much longer than it actually is and manages to stick out <laughs> from the helmet. And it doesn't hurt. He doesn't feel that immediately. Like, no. what the fuck? And Hordak's no. like, look at that idiot. <laughs> And then he gets captured again. Again. He, he finds Adora and he's like, hey, this is for you. And she's like, no. And he's like, no, you see, you're I'm, I, the sword. And she's like, no, I like Hordak. And he's like, what? And then he gets knocked out again. Yep. And isn't this the same exact place that these characters were at 40 minutes ago, Steve? Oh, yeah, yeah. But if oh. you were watching it on TV, it would have oh. been like two episodes I ago. I so was not, not watching it. <laughs> So, he you were gets, watching this in a movie theater next to your I mother, was. who was at a nine. I can't imagine she was doing this is before the internet. She just had to sit there and take. She had it. to watch the movie, yeah. And oh, the baby stopped kicking. Oh no. <laughs> anyway, so Hordak's like, you know what? I bet that muscle blound idiot that we just caught. I bet he could power the shit out of my magno beam, and he sticks him in there, and he's right. <laughs> yeah, He-Man got tons of willpower. Yeah, that machine sucks on He-Man and sucks on him and sucks oh, on him. Oh, boy. And, All night long. And Adora's like, no, don't do that. And she's like, what, you like him? And she's like, of course I don't. It's like, okay, I'm going upstairs or something. Yeah. <laughs> and then we cut to Adora, who dreams about He-Man in a box, right? <laughs> yes. And then she wakes up, and she, what happens, Steve? Well, she goes down to the Magna Beam charging room, where He-Man is still there in the box, like, oh, this sucks. And the swords are conveniently stabbed into rocks nearby, and yeah. the, the, the Sword of Protection, which is the new sword, um, mm-hmm. starts talking to her. The sorceress appears in the, the little jewel, hey, Steve. and she's like, hey, Steve? got some backstory for you. Yeah, hey, what? Steve? Yeah. Yeah, man. I thought the sorceress said on several occasions mm-hmm. that her power is limited to just Castle Grayskull. Well, yeah, but she can, like, you know, she can reach out with telepathy. As long as she's in Castle Grayskull, she has powers. When she leaves Castle Grayskull, she doesn't have powers. So she could she could use her magic to um, bombard, say, Snake Mountain with magic, Pro- right? Probably. From where probably. she is, right? Since probably, she, yeah. The only condition is, is that she has to stay in, in Castle Grayskull. I would she imagine could do so. Yes, practically anything she wants, just as long as her feet are. As in long as Castle. she's in Castle Grayskull, yes, exactly. She could lean out the window and like just shoot people with magic beams. <laughs> you know, I see. Okay, 
I would imagine so, yes. All right. Is, is that the reason why in the flashback she's not in Castle Grayskull? Well, she leaves, but she doesn't have power. See, it was just that important that she, she was like, okay, I'll come with you, Man-at-Arms, but you know I won't be able to do anything. I'll just be a normal lady. And Man-at-Arms is like, okay, I don't care. Come on. Okay. So anyways. Yeah. Um, the sword's like, hey, pick me up, right? Yeah, yeah. And We're going to watch a little TV. Mm-hmm. And it's, the sword's been waiting until now to talk to her. Oh, yeah. You know. Because not, it's not the before. most dramatic. Because not now when he it was really convenient. That yeah. was like, hey, look, look at the sword. It's going to talk to you. <laughs> what the fuck was the Cerseus doing? Having a dump? Eating? I don't know what she, what was she doing? Well, you know, she couldn't, ha- she didn't have time to pay attention to everything. So she would just check in from time to time. She'd be like, nope, she's not holding the sword yet, you know. But the last time, you're, what you're implying is when she t- tunes in this time, she's like, well, let's see where they're at. Oh, He-Man's dying. <laughs> yeah, ex- oh, I better do some shit. Exactly. Fine. Time to call her brain. Anyway, yeah. so uh, the sorceress has to drop a bunch of stuff right now, right? Oh, it's, it's an exposition bomb, yeah. She's like, okay, here's I'm going to catch you up on everything you need to know. What happened? Okay, so a long-ass time ago... Hordak invaded Eternia with the evil horde. For some reason. For some reason. Because he just felt like it. He was like, I want this he's a bad guy. Place. He's a bad guy, and he's like, I'm going to invade mean, and everybody hates him. Right, exactly. And he's, But the, the, the forces of good, led by King Randor and a young, mustacheless man-at-arms... And a beardless Randor. And a beardless Randor, yes, exactly. The fighting king. Um, they defeated the evil horde, because that's just that's just how shitty the evil horde is. Yeah, they didn't they even need He-Man, they got defeated. So Hordak and Skeletor is like, was there. Skeletor was there, because Skeletor was, was a student of Hordak's. Before which he nobody evil. Which nobody buys for a second. Yeah, um, no one fucking. I can't know. Um, so, so even though his forces are losing, Hordak's like, "Well, I'm not going down like this." So, just so happens that the king and queen of Eternia had just had babies. They had Two twins, babies. a boy and a yeah. girl, named Luke and Leia. <laughs> and Hordak says, "Well, I'm gonna take those babies." Just as a final middle finger, I might lose, but you're going to lose too, you jerks. Yeah. So, but he only has time to get one of the babies because Man at Arms comes in and he's like, "Hey, no stealing babies. That's against the law." Yeah. And so Hordak's like, "Bye, but here, take Skeletor because they capture Skeletor." Yeah. Uh, while Skeletor's Hordak is like, "I'll tell escape. you where his evil base is." <laughs> I'm a snitch. Yeah. And Skeletor snitches him out, and uh, they go back to the evil base. And Man at Arms but- puts one right in his head, right? <laughs> yeah, that's that's the how end. you do things. You just no more from you. Blang. <laughs> exactly. They oh. put Skeletor in prison, and that's where he stayed. <laughs> because that's what you would do, right? He invaded uh-huh. from another dimension. He's a super evil guy, right? Um, but that is no, what they, happens. No, Skeletor is released at some point. <laughs> but they go to the to the to the evil horde's base on Eternia, and Hordak is like, "Fuck you!" And he opens a portal, and he you know he leaves. So it's like, yeah. "Oh, we lost that baby." Wait a bubble. Shit. Yeah, the, the baby's gone. So. Let's not tell anybody ever about it. She does more than that. She puts everybody under a spell to forget. Yeah. She casts a spell so nobody even remembers the baby. Except, Why? Except for Man-at-Arms and King Randor and, and Queen Marlena. Why? Because that explains why nobody's ever mentioned it in He-Man up to this point. Why does Narrative she do that? convenience. Why? Shut up. Why does she do it? <laughs> she does give a reason, but it's stupid. Why does she do it? To spare them the pain. Spare who the pain? To spare Adam the pain of having lost his sister that he didn't even know was there because he was like a, a five minutes old. It was like a baba. Yeah. A huge baby, by the way. Oh, God. Poor Marlena. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, so that's why everybody. That's why. That's spare, why no spare, one knew. To spare baby Adam the pain. Yeah, that's right. To spare baby Adam the pain, and he's like, oh. oh. <laughs> and then she figures out what she needs to say while holding the sword. Yes. And because girls aren't powerful, she gets no. to say what, Steve? Well, she says, "For the honor of Grayskull." That's right. So girls, remember. If a man tries to put his hoo-hoo into your dilly-willy, nope, you honor. say for the honor of Grayskull, and you cross them legs. That's right. Goddamn right. And as she holds up the sword, and the sword ejaculates little rainbow sperms. <laughs> Has a magic fireworks display that goes the, all over your yeah, body. So the gross. little rainbow sperms fall down over her, and she mm-hmm. transforms into She-Ra, and that's then right. the sword ejaculates real sperm, because it's yeah, white. Right. And it, yeah. Remember, handies are better than the going all the way, girls. <laughs> Honor. <laughs> Honor. Anyway, so that sick way we just described it, she turned into She-Ra. Yes, Princess of Power, curiously, not Princess of Honor. Somehow she knows how to mm. talk. I mean, somehow she knows what her name is, right? She yeah, knows well, she's now I guess, She-Ra. I guess the sword tells her. Yeah. Your name is She-Ra now, by yeah. the way. Yeah, and then she saves Adam, and yeah. Adam's like, give him a sword. And she's like, of course you got a sword. And then he's got a sword, and they're like, fucking shit, yeah, we're brother and sister, and they make out a little bit. Like, oh, <laughs> it's even touch. hotter now. I'm they even touch more each other a lot. <laughs> you know, there's. it's not necessarily true that there's an incest taboo on Eternia. I mean, no, it's a different isn't. world. We don't know what the laws are. No, they could be completely cool with it. Anyway, they bust out, and they jump on her horse, and then a weird thing happens to her horse, and now her horse talks. Yeah, and has a different name that he intuitively knows. Yeah, it would sure be nice if the sorceress would tell her what the fuck her power set is, because she doesn't know anything. She's strong, she's got sperm all over herself, her horse talks now. I mean, isn't that enough? But it turns out she has a few other powers, too. Yeah, yeah. anyway, they fly around, they stop shit and save shit and more shit. And, and now, she fills in He-Man. She fills in He-Man on this backstory as well. Yeah, she's like, now, oh, sure, now she has time to talk through the sword. I wrote this in my notes. How is this movie not over? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> it's almost over like two more times. It isn't. It's no, it's yeah. not. Anyway, so she turns back into Adora, and then she joins the Rebellion. And people are momentarily off-put. Yeah. Hey, isn't that the lady? That killed our children? <laughs> yeah, but then Adam is like, oh, yeah, but she's cool now. And they're, and like, they're like, where did okay. you go, Adam? <laughs> <laughs> I had diarrhea. Yeah, bad. Oh, boy. <laughs> and so did Cringer. No, I didn't. Shut, Shut up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you can't ever trust what Cringer says. He lies. And then, first, in, a, in a move that was so jarring, because I was so convinced this movie was over, that I had to check... Wikipedia to make sure that someone hadn't fucked up this video yeah. on YouTube. Yeah, no, it's, out it's of the, the way blue. It's, it's the way it's supposed to be. Bo goes, "Oh well, uh, it's Queen Ange- Angela has been captured by the harpies on Talon Mountain." What? <laughs> we have more things to do before it's over. Just go through the fucking magic portal. Just do it. <laughs> Lock the doors to the theater. No so what leaves. happens? Here's what happens. She goes to a fucking mountain. It's filled with a bunch of harpies. They're like, we got this lady who has wings for some reason. And they're like, no, you don't. And they're like, yes, we do. And then the beat up and then they use spiky things. And then the lead harpy is like, Gah! 
and then they're like, stop it, and they they punch her in the crotch, and then they save <laughs> Francesco, like, yay! Yay. And you're closer to death by 20 minutes, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and, by the way, you can tell that the the voice of Queen Angela was done by uh, Erica Scheimer, because even in this movie, she stands out as a particularly terrible voice actor. Oh, do you think? <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you for saving me. <laughs> I mean, when you're a noticeably bad voice actor in a He-Man show, yeah. <laughs> whoa, shit, she's, am I, is that my imagination or she's like so much worse than everybody else? So they're getting ready to go back to t- attorney and he's going to take her to attorney and to be mom and dad they're, they're going to be happy probably. Yeah. And so <laughs> Hardak's like, well, no, Great. wait, for some reason her leaving is uh, making me angry. <laughs> yeah, so he turns into a rocket ship. He turns into a fucking missile. Yeah, a one-dimensional missile. Why doesn't it, he want them to leave? Why Why is Why is that important to him? Because he's because Adora was his employee and she didn't fill out the proper paperwork. But doesn't this solve employment. a lot of problems for him? I know, he should be happy. He should be like, Adam, oh, good, go to a He attorney, thinks Adam is a troublemaker. He doesn't know that he's he man but i mean he knows that adam's a troublemaker so if they both leave and never come back again two less problems for him to worry about right two fewer people for him to kill yeah exactly whatever anyway they go back to attorney and he takes them into the like an infant he makes the entire royal court cover their eyes cover their eyes yep and he's like wait a minute and they're like adam wherever the fuck have you been you didn't tell anyone you were leaving the sorceress said you went and ran an errand for her or something where the fuck have you been? Shut up and close your eyes. Put your hands over your eyes. Do it. I'm Adam. <laughs> Do it or I'll kill myself. <laughs> Adam, you can't threaten us with suicide anymore. Uh-huh. Anyway, so, oh, well, I mean, we missed a couple of things. Number one, we see them come through the door at Castle right. Grayskull, and they're like, yay, and then they all leave. By teleportation, because yes. you can just do that. Because th- apparently the power that the sorceress has also includes being able to power herself to teleport somewhere. And I guess once she gets there, she's fucking stuck because <laughs> she's not in Castle Grayskull anymore. <laughs> How can she teleport anywhere? She's got to walk back. Can someone give me a ride back to the castle, please? <laughs> but they're all conveniently gone because then Hordak comes smashing through the door. Right. And he's like, oh no, Castle Grayskull, I'm back in Eternia. Shit. <clears throat> anyway, so uh, he's like, I got a surprise. Back at the castle, he's, Adam's like, I got a surprise for you. And I'm like, great, what is it? <laughs> and he says, you can look now. And there's this 45-year-old woman. <laughs> standing there and they instinctively know that and this they is all their daughter know who the fuck she is except for tila who's like will someone cue me into why everybody's crying dad <laughs> yeah i know man at arms is like openly weeping oh jesus christ i never thought this day would come <laughs> i won't feel like a failure anymore <laughs> oh god i thought she was fucking dead dad and then they say, oh, no, see, it's Adora, it's this baby. The last time you saw her, she's a baby, but you guys instantly recognize her because magic is some fucking shit. And everyone's like, yippee. But the and then finally, <laughs> finally, finally, yes, Hordak finds Snake Mountain. And he finally sees Skeletor. Yeah, and Skeletor is not happy to see him. He's like, get the fuck out, bitch! You <laughs> left me here! <laughs> You're damn right I snitched on you! You betrayed me! You abandoned me! And Hordak's like, whoa, um, uh, let's team up. And he's like, great! <laughs> okay! 
So they're going to have a four-person feast. Yes. Because Eternia is populated by, I think, a total of five people yeah. altogether. Yeah, yeah. That's why the monarchy works so well. There's there's nothing to govern. I mean... Yeah. So they're having a feast. This is just Adam and Adora and Mom and Dad and Man-at-Arms and Tila, right? Yeah. Skeletor comes in with a cake. Yeah. He's disguised as a, a plump Italian chef. Not yet, he's not. First, he's he comes... First, he gets all the way into the Eternia Palace. Yeah. Pushing a right fucking cake. <laughs> pushing a cake. He's Skeletor pushing a cake. Okay, I've got it. All right, Steve. No. No. Okay, first off. So back at, back, back at Snake Mountain, he's like, all right, we've got to be able to get in there. How? How can we do it? How can I get Hordak in? I know. I'll bake you into a cake, motherfucker. How about that? <laughs> Let me put my hat on and my apron, <laughs> and I'll make a cake that couldn't possibly fit you inside of it, by the way. <laughs> You'll have to hunch. Now let's wheel it all the way. <laughs> and he wheeled it all the way across Eternia, over land. He walked With the whole his way. biggest, stupidest henchman in tow. La, 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 la. Yeah. With Beastman and Stinkor and Fuckface and Manipulator and Manny Arms <laughs> and, and I don't know who else. Who else All, has he got? It's, it's, I think it's... Um, Triclops. Triclops is there and uh, Cobra. <laughs> That's his name. Cobra. He's a snake man. Cobra. He's a snake man. Anyway, so then they disguise themselves. Yes. As the chef and his friends. And they they bust in on the dinner. Because they knew they were... What if they weren't having dinner? What if they were all just standing around the fireplace, talking about stuff they've been through? And... Ah! Here's your cake! (laughs) (laughs) Even though he's interrupting their dinner with the cake, even the king's like, "Uh, That's a lot of cake for just six people. (laughs) And Skeletor's like, blam, motherfucker, look who it is! <laughs> Skeletor! I baked the cake, and there's evil inside of it! <laughs> Hordak shows up. Hordak's there, right? Yeah, he's, he pops out of the cake. <clears throat> and uh, he shoots the table, and everyone passes out. That's how it works. Yeah, and yeah. then he takes he takes Adora, and he's like, thanks, Skeletor. And Skeletor's like, what? Just leave. <laughs> Just fucking leave. <laughs> <laughs> and I know I can't remember. Does he take him? No, he takes him back to Snake Mountain. Yeah, Snake they, go Mountain. Ba- they go back to Snake Mountain. And yeah, they open up the portal. Skeletor opens up the portal to Ethereum, and he's like, "Okay, because it's set. just a thing he knows how to do." Yeah, because he's Skeletor. The sorceress doesn't know how to do it. She's just like, "Oh, there's a door, and I don't know how to open it." I guess someday a sword will tell me how to do it. <laughs> Meanwhile, Meanwhile, Skeletor is like, is like "Bam." <laughs> Ready to go? <laughs> Why do I not lead? Why? Why am I not leader? I baked a cake. I know how to open dimensional portholes. <laughs> so sorceress I- couldn't protect a baby and didn't know how a door worked. <laughs> and then they apparently just let me go. The only reason there's six people left in attorney is because everyone else starved to death. <laughs> Because Adam is never able to finish his spiced bread. He doesn't share it. That's what it is. He cooks plenty for everybody, but he refuses to share. Ha ha ha. This is my spiced bread. We're starving to death. You didn't earn this. Castle Grayskull didn't tell me to give you any. 
<laughs> anyway, so now wait, we're gonna have a uh, we're gonna have another rescue. Is that yeah. four now? Is it five? It's a bunch, yeah. So they're going off to go rescue her, and then she likes like, oh, I gotta, I'm gonna get out of this myself. And she gets she gets free, and then she steals her sword back, and then she turns into She-Ra, and she starts beating stuff up. And Skeletor's like, oh no, it's He-Man with a vagina! Ah, shit! <laughs> I don't know how to feel anymore. <laughs> <laughs> And they defeat Skeletor, and then Hordak goes back to Eternia, right? Yeah, well, Skeletor double-crosses him, because uh, that's that's when uh, yeah. Skeletor imprisons Adora, because uh, Hordak was like, okay, me and Adora are leaving now, bye everybody, and Skeletor's That's right, and they like, push him in the hole. Yeah, he's like, fuck you, and he pushes him into the hole and takes Adora for himself, yeah. And he's like, ha ha, gotcha, now I have become the master. Master of the universe, that is, get it? That's me. <laughs> Anyway, that's so it for me him. in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she she beats up everybody and, and then it's and she's fine and she says in the name of Grace Gull and the movie's over, right? The movie well, is over. Please, the movie be it, over. That's the end, right? We sure, don't need it anymore. It sure seems it's like the, the end of the over. fucking movie. It sure seems like it because she, Adora, says a tearful farewell to her parents. She says, "I have to go back to Etheria," and yeah. she says goodbye to He Man, and they're all back in Castle. Grayskull. She doesn't say like, goodbye to He Man. Oh, Adam. does she? Adam. She Adam, says goodbye yeah. to Adam because they're all back in Castle Grayskull at the the magic door, and she's like, yeah. "Well, goodbye, everybody," and and Adam. Adam's like, bye, sis, I'm going to miss you. And then uh, she goes through the door to Etheria, and she's yeah. like, well, time to go back to our loser friends in the yeah, fucking in forest. Yeah, the rebellion. And Adam's like... more loser I, pie. And Adam's there. He's like, oh, by the way, I decided no, to come with you. This, what? Jesus Christ, what? Yep. Adam said, we got about 20 minutes left, and I'm here too, so you can have one more episode. To do what? Why is he there? To help get the rebellion off to a big start <sighs> okay so they go back to whispering woods with the sprigots and the flu flus and the pargloms and the glib glops and the yep, yep, yep. duckers and the madam razzes and the bow cunks and the glim globs and yeah fucking they're all there going what do we do now and then all of a sudden the animals like all go crazy and they bust it on their meat and they're like fuck you and <sighs> And She-Ra goes, wait a minute. And she she Aquamans the, the things. Yeah. She's like, boo, 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 boo. And she's like, I, I caught him right up. And she's like, the animals want to help us. I got a power. I got a power that I didn't know I had, that no one knew I had. Nobody. Yeah. It's Except a brain. maybe the fucking sorceress who's <laughs> so bad at her goddamn fucking job. She doesn't tell anybody anything unless a sword comes up and says, maybe you should tell her what her power sets are because she doesn't... There's things. Maybe she should fucking know. But now that they have the animals on their side, what happens, Steve? (laughs) Well, what's the the, end? The the animals are with us. Goodbye, everybody. Yay, thank God. Anyway, this movie was a piece of shit. Oh, what? There's another castle. There's a castle they have to liberate. They just they no, forgot about isn't. it. They forgot about it until just now. There's what a ca- castle? It's ca- castle Bright Moon. It's been occupied by God, the horde. That's, you mean they they actually were making toys while making this movie, and they're like, oh, we got to put this in. Yeah. at the very end, the Castle Bright Moon. Yeah, they said we need to get a Castle Grayskull out there so that girls. Can I thought the the, the evil bad guys lived in the fright zone. Not yeah, in castle but they, they, they 
they stationed a couple people at Castle Brightmoon. You mean like everybody? Yeah, and everybody. now it's time to get them to tell them to get lost. This is not the ending of the movie, is it? No, there's a little bit more. So what yeah. happens next? Why? Well, they go to Castle Brightmoon <laughs> and they have a big fight with the horde. And during the fight, Swiftwind, her flying horse, gets shot. Good. And he dies. Thank Christ! Yeah. Thank God! Does I pause? Oh, what does gave, it hurt? Is he he's like this, this hurts. This hurts. This hurts. This, this hurts. I'm scared. I am scared. This hurts. <laughs> he gave in to the sadness, and there was no saving him. Fuck the sadness. I want him to be like, I, um, made, I made a mistake. <laughs> Sentious is not good. <laughs> Just kill me, please. Do Put the your right sword thing. through my head. It's Put the, your sword through my head. It's the, it's the humane thing, Shira. Just do it. Just kill me. <laughs> That's what happens, right? No, she puts her hands on him and she heals him because that's a power she has too. Another convenient power she didn't know she had? Yeah. She can heal people. Why I couldn't guess. he have just fucking died? I would have respected it. So <laughs> let me guess what else happens. They they fucking they fucking defeat Hordak. They don't kill him. No, he probably gets away too. He's probably oh, totally. like, bye everybody, and he's Rocket gone. Ship, bye. Yeah, exactly. And so does uh, Dreamweaver. They all, yeah. And and then they're defeated and the queen gets back on the throne and she's like, I am so glad to be on the throne. Exactly. And they're like, yay! And then He-Man and She-Ra kiss and then fuck each other and <laughs> fucking movie's over, right? All he the has movie's to do- over and then we can die. We can die now? Can we die, Steve? Yes, the movie's over and we can die. I gotta have the movie tell me. The movie oh. says, do I have permission to die? Please. <laughs> When the movie is over, you have my permission to die. Yay, is it? It's over, yes. Unless you want to hear the song again. We can stay through the credits and listen to the song again. No, I don't want to do that. Nor do I need to see them do the roll call of the cast or anything like that. And then after the credits are over, Skeletor pops up and goes, I'll be back! No, he didn't go anywhere. He's fine. I'm still here! (laughs) No, he didn't. He doesn't do. He, they they cut to him making broccoli, you know, cooking <laughs> something for dinner. Beast man, yeah. you're going to eat your vegetables. I am not a short order cook. You'll eat what I serve. <laughs> I'm not making you another grilled cheese. That's all you ever eat. <laughs> Chicken nuggets is not cooking. Fish sticks are not fish. The veterinarian <laughs> says you have to have two servings of fish a week. You <laughs> the veterinarian. Look, you haven't been regular. So you're eating this pumpkin and you're having some green beans and chicken and rice. I'm not having you vomit hairballs all over the goddamn castle. But Beastman knows it's punishment for letting Adora go. He knows. <laughs> Steve? Yes. It's over, right? We we did it's, over, it's yeah. the end. It's the end. Okay, Steve. It's the end. Um what do you think? Uh-huh. Of this what barely passes for a movie, <laughs> which is just a bunch of TV episodes crammed together. Yes, yes, yes. To an hour and a half running time, He-Man and She-Ra, the secret of the sword. What was the secret of the sword? I, what guess, secret? I guess the baby stuff? I, I guess, yeah. The twins? I the twins stuff, the... yeah. Okay. Um, needs more Skeletor. 
It needs like ninety percent more Skeletor. <laughs> that to me is the biggest, and it's it's totally a bait and switch too. Because when they do the opening credits, they they show the 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 images of like the people that the actors do the voices for. So like John Irwin yeah. has a picture of He Man, and Melanie mm-hmm. Britton has a picture of Shira. When they get yep. to Alan Oppenheimer, they show you Skeletor because of course that's his most well known character. But Skeletor is barely in it, so yeah. it's like oh boy, Skeletor gets third billing. He's going to be in it a lot, and no, nope, and he's not. It's he's a lot of barely. Get, a second banana. You get a lot of cringer. So there's oh, Alan Oppenheimer shit. for you, but you don't get too much Skeletor. Um, I mean, it's, you know, I said at the beginning, it's a sentimental favorite, right? I saw it when I was not, I wasn't even five years old when I saw it in a movie theater. Reviewing like a real reviewer. <laughs> well, here's the thing, right? I dare you. <laughs> it's, look, it's bad. It's really bad. It's a bad movie. Um, it's badly written. It's uh, badly animated, um, and it's just not—it's not defensible at all on artistic merit. Like there's just Use nothing your there. Your degree against it. <laughs> <laughs> Evaluate the screenplay. Do it. Um, <laughs> I mean, but you know, it's like using critical analysis on a movie like this is like using it on a child's finger painting. Like, it's just not right. It's just, it's unfair, you know? What? I um, do it all the time. Uh, yeah, yeah. You call that a finger painting? <laughs> Dad, There's I'm no flow. It had, doesn't go anywhere. Uh, you call Look that Stephanie. art? Stephanie's makes me feel things. <laughs> this color choice. <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's obviously that it's been smashed together from five TV episodes. It's obvious that it's like, it's an extended pilot episode for She-Ra. But even when viewed through that particular lens, it's really strange. Because you would think that if the creators wanted to use the movie as a launching point for the She-Ra TV show, mm-hmm. that they would want to leave you with a better impression of the characters from She-Ra. And really all you get is every single time a character from the She-Ra show comes up against a character from He-Man, they get completely outclassed and made to look like complete fools and losers, while the He-Man characters are always the ones who come in and save the day, except, oddly enough, for He-Man himself, who gets captured like three times in the space of the movie. Okay, um, here's the thing. There's hardly any He-Man characters in this He-Man She-Ra story. Oh, no, there aren't very many, but... Like, you know, for instance, like the, 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 the most telling one, I think, is Hordak himself, because Hordak isn't really that he doesn't leave much of an impression to begin with. And nope. then when he finally meets Skeletor toward the end of the movie, it's like Skeletor just fucking eats his lunch. He's like, yeah, yeah. sure. We'll we'll kidnap the princess. Yeah, let's team up. And then the first he chance Skeletor gets... He bags him on every opportunity. <laughs> he fucking like... he pushes him through a portal and he's like, see ya! And it's like, that's <laughs> that's the villain for the new show? The guy that Skeletor just fucking pantsed? I mean, he did everything but give him a swirly. And it's like, yeah, but ooh, he's, I wonder if She-Ra can defeat him. Like, come on. And um, are you Arguably, Hordak's been more successful. He took over yeah. Etheria for a little while. So so Etheria is a chump dimension for chumps. Because <laughs> <laughs> Hordak couldn't take over Eternia, so it's he goes to Etheria. baby dimension for losers. He goes to Etheria and immediately takes over. So it's, it's you know, it's... Oh, come on. Um, none of the She-Ra heroic characters come through very strongly. They all seem, and I suspect this is probably close to the truth, they all seem like they were character designed and written like on the back of napkins over a weekend. 
mm-hmm. because because the the Mattel people and the filmation people were like, we're going to do another show. It's going to be He Man, but it's like for girls, so let's do it. And they were like, all right, boom, 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 and that's what they got. You that's know, right. The character designs are are not very well thought out. The even yep. the names feel like like there's there's a um, a She-Ra version of Beast Man named Grizzlor. Grizzlor because really it's fuzzy. Yeah, you really hurt yourself coming up with that one, didn't you? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, so it just it feels very sort of tossed off and haphazard and like let's just do another He-Man and they did it and you know and it, it wasn't I mean on on TV it actually did okay it wasn't like a bomb or anything but it never had anywhere near the success that He-Man had. And it, it came around when the He-Man fad was starting to fade anyway. Yeah. Um, so it didn't really have even, you know, a chance to catch on like He-Man had. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's not a good movie. And no. when, when I saw it as a kid, I loved it because He-Man, I don't, I literally because don't remember. Because you were five. <laughs> I literally, He-Man's, the, the He-Man TV show started when I was three. So I uh-huh. literally don't ever remember anything without He-Man. Like He-Man has existed for as long as my conscious memory goes back. I don't remember <laughs> pre-He-Man, right? There's so, never been a no He-Man. Yeah. I've always world. had He-Man in my life. So... Um, so of course I was going to like this movie. And when I saw it again as an adult, I had that experience that I think a lot of people have when you rediscover something from your childhood and you you realize that it's a lot different than you remember it <laughs> because you're remembering it from the eyes of like a four and a five-year-old and now you're watching yeah. it as an adult. And you're like, and for me anyway, not everybody has this experience, but for me, I had the experience of watching He-Man again as an adult and and, mm-hmm. and, and this movie as well specifically. And, th- and it's, it's, it's a two-stage thing. The first stage is, oh, shit, this is terrible. Yep. And the second stage is, I don't care. That, <laughs> that, that's the stage that I was at where I was like, you know what? Yeah, this is bad. This can't – I can't – I'm not going to waste any time trying to convince anybody that this is like a good movie or that He-Man mm-hmm. was a good show or that no. it has artistic value or whatever. It it's, doesn't. It's bad. It's just bad. It's, you know, it's badly animated and it's just not good. Um, but I don't care. <laughs> because I like it because I got it got to me when I was a kid. And okay, but I got to ask you. Yeah. What is it now as an adult that you like? It's it's the fact that it's He-Man. It's like it, it, you know what it's like? It's it's whenever you whenever I see the the transformation scene, that stock footage that they use in every fucking episode. Over and, and like, over and, and over yeah, and over. And they use like three times in this movie alone where he pulls yeah. the sword and he says, "By the power of Grayskull," and he transforms into He-Man. Um I'm like 4 years old again whenever I watch that. And I can look at that as an adult and say, oh, boy, they animated this one thing and now they're using it over and over again. And, you know, there's like I can deconstruct it and be like, well, this isn't good and this isn't good. And, you know, but Mm -hmm. when I when I see it, I'm four years old again. And that's mm-hmm. how it'll always be for me, um, and th- and that's how it is in this movie. Like this, the, the movie is it's ninety minutes and it's way too long. You know, it ends twice before it actually ends. The especially mm-hmm. the the last s- segment where He Man comes back to Etheria with Adora really feels tacked on. Like even compared to the rest <laughs> of the movie, it feels like Jesus. Like that was the end. Like they said mm-hmm. goodbye on Eternia and she went back. That was the end. Oh wait, why? What's He Man doing here? This that was the end. You know. And then they do an ending that's like, oh, okay, I guess that that's the end. But the other He-Man ending was way better. He man cries, but a single manly tear. Mm-hmm. He doesn't blubber like a woman, like hastily man drawn on. Yeah, <laughs> he blubbers like a like like woman at arms. Oh, it falls on the ground. <laughs> I can't believe she's back. <laughs> you know, Teela's like, pull it together, Dad. 
Um, but yeah, not a good movie. Not even a not even a very good start for Shira. Strangely enough. Um, yep. But and if you if you if you're looking for a He Man Shira fix and you want to see them team up, then watch. The yeah, because that's special. what I'm doing. I'm just walking the streets. You got any He Man? Yeah, sure. <laughs> watch the watch the Christmas special instead because it's way funnier. It's more self aware. Has lots more Skeletor in it. That's this is it. tired woman wearing armor. I can be your Shira. No, 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 no. I haven't fallen that far. <laughs> Aunt Kathy, leave me alone. <laughs> okay, you done? I'm done. I'm done. You Now, please, tear it to shreds. You might want to turn your headphones off. <laughs> Obliterate my childhood before my eyes. And go. I'm not going to tell Steve that he's wrong for liking something because he has a nostalgic feeling for it when he's four years old. I love Ultraman. I recently got the entire Ultraman DVD Blu-ray for Christmas, and I watched the entire goddamn <laughs> thing. And I know it's bad and poorly acted. The, the special effects are awful. And it's a lot more violent than I remember. <laughs> <laughs> but I still love it. I recognize how bad it is. But that being said, I'm going to review the movie. <laughs> <laughs> With quotation marks around it. It was theatrically released. It is technically It is released. exactly what a lot of people will suspect it to being. A crass commercial cash grab by made by people who do not care for the property, do not care about what the audience if the audience is even paying attention, do not <laughs> care about the story. They wrote it as quickly as they possibly could. Actually they didn't. They wrote they wrote six episodes. I think it's a total of six. Maybe it's five. I, uh, I think it's five or six. I think it's five. <clears throat> yeah cram them together, manage to cut off the, the credits at the end of every episode <laughs> before stitching it together, paid some woman $3 to record an original song for the for the movie, and then get it up onto screen so that little kids will beg their parents to go see the He-Man She-Ra movie. Is this a new thing? Nope. The original Battlestar Galactica put its pilot up onto the main screens when it came out, and they, they did it in Soundorama or something like that. They basically, what they did was they took Battlestar Galactica, the first like two episodes or three episodes, said it was a movie, and then they put it in theaters where they turned the bass up so loud that it shook the entire theater when the Battlestar Galactica flew by, rendering children deaf and making other people throw up. <laughs> So taking TV shows and turning and throwing them on the big screen for a quick turn of profit—that's not—that's not a thing. Now, does that mean that this movie has no artistic merit? Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm going to use this as a learning lesson to everybody who might say, "No, that's not true," because you can make something that's true purely for profit, and you could still find artistic things in it. And I'll be the guy. Oh, yeah, you can. But let's use this as an example as to the difference between. How to tell if there's any artistic merit. Hey, Steve. Yeah, man. What were they trying to say with this movie? That that brothers and sisters belong together and they shouldn't be kidnapped. <laughs> a theme we can all relate to. <laughs> that when a sword floats into your bedroom, do what the fuck it says. <laughs> Do you think, okay, what was uh, the over, what do you, how do you, okay, mm -hmm. 
As it relates to American society in the mid-1980s, how do you feel that the story arcs for the main uh, protagonists of this movie uh, relate to the American experience to both boys, girls, or adults living in that same time period? Well, see, what was happening in the 80s was that people were becoming disillusioned as the dream that they thought American society would evolve into in the 60s -hmm. was revealed to be illusory. And Mm -hmm. in that same way, He-Man learns that his entire life has been all but an illusion because his real life, the life that he should have had with his sister, Mm -hmm. was taken from him. Not only was his sister abducted, much like economic prosperity was abducted in the 1970s, but a magic spell was cast over him, so he didn't even remember it, much like the spell... I find that that very interesting because in the character of Adora, we have a character who honestly believes that the corrupt society that she participates in is actually good and that everyone is happy, which I think correlates with uh, the communist regime at the same time, how, how easily your own family members can adopt bad ideas and bad thinking. And that she is separated from her whole and 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 granted um, in 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 the course of the film, it's a magical spell that makes everyone forget. But isn't that very much like when a member of your own family adopts principles and ideals that are so foreign that you distance yourself from them to the point in which you don't even talk about them anymore? You know that's very interesting. But I always interpreted Adora as a stand-in for Margaret Thatcher. In what way? Well, because she is a defender of a clearly corrupt system, which she seems to sincerely believe in. True. But unlike, how would you- of course, uh, unlike the, the real Thatcher, unfortunately, Adora eventually has her eyes opened and can, you know commits herself to serving good and to righting the wrongs that she mm-hmm. previously had participated in, in making. So are you saying that this is like a, a neoliberal fantasy in which the conservative elements discover that they're wrong about the power structures that they're currently supporting and then adopt a more rebellious attitude, which is what Adora does towards the second half of the film, where she decides that she is now going to be fighting against the very powers that she was uh, assisting. Granted, under a magical spell, but, you know, nonetheless. Yeah, still well, I, I'm, I'm certainly not arguing that it's not naive. I mean, but let's remember that the film was directed at an audience of five-year-olds. True, that's true. Hey, guys, you know what? We could do this forever. <laughs> <laughs> Over this fucking movie. And the reason why I did wanted to do this was remember, guys, whenever you hear two people trying to talk smart about dipshit stuff, <laughs> doesn't matter if it's He-Man and She-Ra, it can be fucking Star Wars or Marvel movies or whatever. Any two assholes on the internet can make something sound smart that isn't. Nothing that we just argued no. is true. No. None of it. No. <laughs> it's not an allegory for anything. That's right. And you'll see it in a lot, in a lot of, uh, you'll see people who try to uh, stitch on higher meanings to things that just aren't there. And this movie is, I think I hit it right on the head. It's a, it's a soulless cry, cash grab. Totally. I'm oh, glad, right. I'm, I'm glad that Steve likes it. I'm glad that Steve still has it. I'm glad that Steve still has access to it. I was older, you know, I had, I had touched a boob by the time this movie had come out. <laughs> I was dating. I was 16. And so I, this was not even near my wheelhouse. I didn't, there was no way, no. So <laughs> I was not going to have, I thought, I thought quite honestly that He-Man was a little gay to begin with. And then they said, no, 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 He-Man's not gay. This is the Gary. <laughs> <laughs>
Then you saw Bo for the first time, and you said, oh, "Yeah." And I was like, "Oh, has... why don't they just come out and say it? It would be so, you know, it would be so empowering." Exactly, it would be a great kids. message for the end of an episode. Yeah, it would, but no, they just danced around it. So what I'm saying is, guys, there are a lot of reviewers out there who will take something stupid and really overanalyze it, and I'm not going to overanalyze this. I don't like it. It's boring, it's repetitive, it's soulless, and I hate it. It's the kind of entertainment that's made simply to strip money out of parents' pockets because their children won't shut the fuck up. And there's this... Oh, the 80s had so many of these goddamn things just popping up everywhere. I'm surprised that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, when they finally hit big, that their first movie, quote-unquote, wasn't, didn't turn out to be the okay live-action Jim Henson puppeted, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But it wasn't just five episodes of the cartoon series strung together (laughs) and slapped into, because, oh, if there's, oh, boy, if there's a property that is guilty for doing this kind of soulless bullshit, oh, the turtles have a lot to answer for, goddammit. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Yeah, they had their own sort of Masters of the Universe moment in the late 80s. Oh, no, they had several of them. Yeah. They went, oh, yeah, we can be even more soulless because at least He-Man and She-Ra didn't start a rock band and go on tour. He-Man on ice. Yeah, there was no (laughs) He-Man on ice. So uh, I'm saying I hate it. Don't watch it. Don't if you I didn't watch it with us for this. Don't waste your time. <laughs> don't even. Don't even. You don't even have to think about it again. Just know if you want to think about it, think about it this way. Every once in a while, somewhere on the East Coast, in a tiny apartment, a man sits with a weeping wife as he clutches a stuffed animal and watches this while drinking cocoa or something. Oh, I don't know man. what he does. When the when the winter winds howl, <laughs> know that there is a man who finds comfort and warmth in something that was made to just steal money from parents. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. All right. So, Steve, <laughs> I don't know because you like this movie. You have to recommend yeah. something for people not to watch now. Well, actually. I mean, I do like it, but I can't. I can't, in good conscience, recommend it to anybody else unless you're a fellow. That's true. Unless yeah, you're a fellow, true. like long-standing traveler with He-Man, like myself. But um, <laughs> are you a traveler with He-Man? If you are you with He-Man? Um, <laughs> no, but so I, I'm actually going to recommend a better movie. Do you um, have the power, sir? Yeah, <laughs> I do indeed. Dost thou have the power? <laughs> Um, I'm actually going to recommend a better movie, but a movie that has a lot in common with with the movie we just reviewed, in that it is a theatrical version of a popular children's cartoon show. Um, Okay. Unlike Secret of the Sword, it was not just a few episodes of the show stitched together. It was an original production that was intended to be released as a movie, although it Mm -hmm. wasn't always necessarily intended to be a theatrical release, but it was... conceived and written and produced as a standalone thing. And Mm -hmm. that is Batman Mask of the Phantasm, which was released in 1993, right at the height of the popularity of Batman the Animated Series. And while Batman was on TV... uh, A series that you admit you don't like very much. I I find it... I don't like it as much as a lot of other people do. But now that I'm old, um, (laughs) I I have a similar nostalgic feeling for it as I do for He-Man. Not quite as powerful because I wasn't as young when Batman came out. I was 12 Mm -hmm. when the Batman cartoon started. And also you've suffered through a whole bunch of shit Batman. Yeah, that's true. That's true. (laughs) 
And, I've, and, I, and you're like, you know what? I actually, like this Batman. <laughs> this one's not so bad if I think about it. Um, well, and <sighs> and you know, like the 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 more time that passes, the cooler it is that Mark Hamill does the voice of the Joker, and you're like, oh, that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Luke Skywalker yeah. is the Joker. That's pretty cool. Um, and so, Mask of the Phantasm came out uh, on Christmas, 1993. Yep, and uh, it was not like a huge hit or anything, but people got great reviews. It got good reviews because, especially, it, it came out like a year after Batman Returns, and Batman Returns made a lot of money, but didn't necessarily get great reviews. And everyone time. hated it because uh, yeah. it was a dark, gross was, piece of yeah. crap. It was too dark. The kids didn't like it. Fucking oh wow! I'm sorry. God, did you lousy? Did you like that movie? Kid. No, not really. Um, okay, <laughs> I just like pissing on kids. Um, uh, it wasn't the kids that were complaining; it was the adults. It was the yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, does the penguin really have to barf up green stuff and eat raw fish? And I don't remember Burgess Meredith being like that. And Tim Burton is like screaming at, "Yes, he does! Yes, he does!" <laughs> um, How many more people does Batman need to blow up? <laughs> Batman does kill a lot of people in Batman Returns. He doesn't kill anybody in Batman Mask of the Phantasm, although he kind of kills the Joker, but... No, he doesn't. Not really. I mean, and but it's it's um, it's actually, it's shorter than the movie we just reviewed. It's only 76 minutes long, which is just mwah, perfect for an animated Batman movie, because anima- one of the yep. things that makes animated Batman nice is its, its brevity. You know, it gets mm-hmm. right to the fucking point. It doesn't fuck around. Yeah. And this movie nope. gets right to the point. And um, it's not. I, it's it's not a great movie. It's not necessarily one of my favorite Batman things, but I remember it very fondly because, like He Man, I went to see this in the theater, and uh, then I got it like on DVD as soon as it was out on DVD. Like four or five years later, it was one of the first mm-hmm. DVDs I bought, and um, and I just I have a nostalgic attachment to it. And unlike He Man and Shira, Secret of the Sword, this movie is actually somewhat defensible on artistic merits because yep. it's okay. It's it's decently written. It's animated very well, especially for something that was basically, you know, animated in the same style as the TV series, but it's animated very well. Um, and it's a good little movie. So if you if you want to see a, a big screen version of a popular kids cartoon and you don't want to sit through an hour and a half of He-Man, <laughs> then check out Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Yay! Yeah, my turn. Do it. Well, as you guys know, I like to take a movie from the same year, the movie that we were just reviewed. It's 1985. And when this movie came out in 1985, I fucking hated it. Because I was a purist, and I was an elitist, Ooh. and I was a snob. What was I a snob about? Star Wars. Oh, oh, ho, ho, ho. What did I hate so much in 1985 that I refused to watch it and didn't discover that it's actually not a bad little movie until I was an adult and, in fact, discovered that with a group of other people who suddenly realized... You know what? This movie is not as bad as everyone else on the fucking internet is making it sound like because there are a bunch of elitist snobs that don't recognize story structure. What movie could I possibly be talking about, Steve? I believe um, that... Are, are you are you talking about uh, the Star Wars droids movie? Nope. Are you talking I'm about talking Ewoks? I'm talking about Ewoks. <laughs> The Battle for Endor. Ah, yeah. Everybody's favorite characters from Star Wars, Ewoks. (laughs) Well, this is technically a sequel to the other movie that is terrible. But the difference with this one is is that it has characters with stakes. It has violence, murder. (laughs) (laughs) Things actually important happen. Wilford Brimley kills somebody. Like, several somebodies, actually. (laughs) And I like anything with Wilford Brimley in a sword fight. Fuck it. Yeah, I like that. Is it bad? 
Sure, it's bad, but is it so bad that it deserves the reputation that it's gotten? No. It's entertaining, and I think for a little kid who wanted to watch an Ewok movie, it's more than entertaining. I'll tell you this much, it's fucking more entertaining than Willow was, or any of the other fucking <laughs> shit that came out around this time. If I was a little kid, if I could have been, if I could have been like seven or eight years old and I saw this, I probably would like it. And watching it now as an adult, I can recognize that there are story beats in there. You know, the Ewoks don't talk. There's monsters. <laughs> I mean, literally, it opens up with monsters showing up and killing Ewoks. Yeah. Stealing little girls and just doing a bunch of awful stuff. It's good. <laughs> so, find it. Ewoks, Balfour Endor. You'll hate me a little bit for it if you hate it, but if you just approach it as being, you know, light fun. I can't imagine that it was a cash grab, although I imagine it was, because they wanted to continue to make Star Wars money. Right. But <clears throat> it wasn't so cheaply made that you could see that that's what it was there for. Someone actually bothered to write a storyline. <laughs> they bothered to put characters in it that you wanted to watch. Scott Wolford Brimley, for the love of fuck. Come on. <laughs> And he's and he's curmudgeonly. I mean, where, where else are you going to see that? And he kills people. So he's almost like the character he played in The Thing, except not as, <laughs> not as violent. If you squint a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to do. Hey, Steve. Yeah, man. What are we going to do next time? Because it's my birthday. Yeah. Well, you know, we, we talked about maybe, you know, me taking a bullet for you. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, you had to watch a movie I love that you clearly did not enjoy. I did um, not have fun. But you did not have them. But the thing is, as we were talking earlier, I mean, most of the things that you like, even if it's not necessarily my thing, I probably wouldn't hate. Yeah, let's be- see. That's it. Cause you like stuff. Cause I, I'm Yeah. I like I, I like a lot of things that are total garbage, and That's it true. and it gives me empathy for the garbage that other people like. <laughs> I think well, I'll a- tell you what, Steve. I just realized something. Yeah, I was going to say Brazil. You were, yes, I was, but I don't think that's fair. Oh. Because Brazil is, Brazil is, we can say that for another birthday film, because Brazil is arguably a piece of art. It's, oh, it's like a, a real... Terrific, yeah. It's a fantastic movie. Yeah. It's got stuff to say. You can actually have a philosophical discussion about what's going on in that movie afterwards, right, Steve? Sure, totally, absolutely. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I know that you're going to like this movie. Oh, boy. I've actually recommended this movie. So I think we should, in the, in the, in the balance of doing something that is terrible that we love... <laughs> And also falling kind of in line in the same area as He-Man. There is a movie that I really like that I shouldn't. (laughs) Oh, boy. It's a little movie about a guy named Dar. (gasps) Oh, really? Gee, that that narrows it down. Who can talk to animals. Yeah. And we'd never get a chance to review it otherwise. It's uh, it's not necessarily on the AFI 100 list, is it? No, it's not. Hey, guys, for my birthday, we're going to review something fun, right, Steve? Oh, 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 yes. The movie that we're going to review for my birthday is a tiny film called The Beastmaster. Ah, yes. The Master of Beasts. So go and find it. If you haven't seen The Beastmaster, oh, guys, don't hate me, but it's so much fun. And I have recomm- I used it as a recommendation oh, yeah. one of these years, didn't I? Yeah. And I admitted that it was bad then, too. Oh, and if you've never seen it, I can only <clears throat> conclude that you never watched TV on the weekends, because that's where I saw it the first time. <laughs> the local TV stations around here would play it as like the weekend Wow, you movie. saw the edited one without the tits. Yeah, I've seen the real version since, but that was the first time oh, I saw okay. like, and next, The Beastmaster. And I was like, didn't they show The Beastmaster last Saturday? Mark Singer. Yeah, you heard what we what I said. Mark Singer. 
<laughs> is the Beastmaster. Just watch the movie, okay? So please, guys, go find the Beastmaster, watch it, please, so that you can get all the jokes. Otherwise, you're going to hear us talk about a bunch of shit. You're not going to know what's going to happen. It's it's a better thing than what we just reviewed. Oh, I promise you that much. If you sat through Secret of the Sword, you'll have a breeze watching Beastmaster. <laughs> I mean, and that's it. Thank you guys for 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 to, doing. If you watch the movie, oh, thank you so much. Honestly, thank you for doing that. We can't pay you, even if you only watch ten minutes and went fuck both of these guys. <laughs> How dare they do this to me? This has to be a joke. Thank you for even doing that. But thanks for listening in for Late Seating. This has been Jason Harding, and go see a movie this week. And this has been Steve Shives, a female He-Man. <laughs> this is the worst day of my life. Um, your loin leather thing is, uh... Huh? Well, it, I mean, you're saying one thing, but, uh... Oh. You're, uh, it's kind of p- popping up. You're, you're tempting. How dare you? Well, I can't help it. You I, insolent boob! Look, I'm, uh, I'm beast man. I can smell when people's hormones are up. And, uh, you're, uh, aroused look, a little. That's... Did you It's eat, all right. Did you eat that salmon I made for you? No, I buried it. I'm you sorry. Bet- that was an expensive cut of salmon! I have instincts. I can't help it. Luke. Are we going to talk about this whole thing no. about you being aroused? No. No. Okay, because I, I'll tell you this much. I, I, I've been in your lair. Yes. I've seen what you draw. Mm-hmm. And nine times out of ten, it's He-Man. Huh. But with female genitalia. He's my arch nemesis. I draw those to humiliate him. You never show him. Do you want me to go show him some? No, I bet no. he's still somewhere Do around here in Snake Mountain. Show man the drawings. No, I'm getting them. Put here we go. No, get out of my room. No, stay out of my room. This is healthy for you. Uh. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Bye, everybody. Late seating is a Let Me Listen podcast production featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding. Produced by Jason Harding. Theme music, Rollin' at Five, composed and performed by Kevin McLeod. You can find more Let Me Listen podcast productions at our website at www.letmelistenpodcast.com. You can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, or just about anywhere you download podcasts. Late Seating is a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to support Late Seating or any of the other Let Me Listen productions for as little as $1 a month, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash Let Me Listen. And thanks for listening.